Hey, what's up? You're listening to Door Bumper Clear. I'm Freddie Kraft, and of course, we have a big show today. We'll cover Noah Gragson and Daniel Hemrick going at it on pit road, preview the Bristol Dirt Race, and chat with Mike Joy about his series of tweets. Let's get started. Nobody's listening, but I don't care. I'm on an episode of Door Bumper Clear. Hey, everybody. I'm TJ Majors. It's part of the 22 Cup car, the one truck, off an exciting weekend in Atlanta, and a full house finally. What's up, everybody? Brett Griffin back from Myrtle Beach, spotter for Colic Racing. And to my right is the guy who told Mike Joy he is full of That is true. <laughs> What's up, Freddie Kraft? Uh, spotter Bubba Wallace, Derek Krause, Jeb Burton this week. Uh, eventful week in Atlanta. We'll get to that, but we have... Our lo- we have a full house. I can't believe like this is the first this I is know. the first time second all year, time. second time all year. Second, but we yeah. have a full house. Hi. And it just so happens to be Casey's thirty seventh birthday. So happy birthday, yeah. Casey. Okay. That's rude. Happy birthday. I'm supposed to see to you. How old how old are how old are do we want to talk, talk about, about it? We're not we, talk I about stopped it. at age twenty seven, so let's just go I, there. So it, it still starts with a two though, right? I mean we're talking. We're not going to talk about it. We're just not. <laughs> I was pretty, I was, I, we can cut There's it out. There's no was, way she's still in her 20s. I, <laughs> what are yeah, you trying I, to... I, I thought she was 29. You're supposed to be nice to me. It is my birthday. So <laughs> I thought you were going to bring us Chick-fil-A for your birthday. Yeah. Why would I bring you... I, I brought you guys cake last it's week, and nobody showed any appreciation, so... I didn't, I'll be honest. I didn't trust it. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. What were those well, anyway, they were brownies, weren't they? No, there was a giant cake. Yeah. Fun Betty, yeah. Hey, she's Fun like, Betty, oh, yeah, my friend Henry made it. So you guys try this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so happy birthday, Casey. Yeah, how old are you, Casey? We're not going to talk about it. Let's well, just say that I, my lovely daughter was the first person to say happy birthday at 2 in the morning when she wanted to wake up to eat. She's so. saying happy birthday already? That's pretty impressive. So <laughs> how old are you again? Are you still on the twos or did you hit the three? We're not talking about it. I think you're still on the table. It's, it's my day. Too. We'll talk about it after my birthday. It's, it's my day. Going to I get, can be as young as I want. We're to. going to get mimosas. I can after be. This. You're going to feel <laughs> yes, 21. Yes, we're going to get mimosas. I I can be 21 if I want to today. So Me we're too. just going to. I roll do that with often. <laughs> <laughs> we we wanted to bring you something to take a shot of, but we were scared you wouldn't do it. Why would I think you she would have done it? We should have. Jason, do we have any leftover alcohol here? Oh, you cleaned it out last year. <laughs> People, we need more booze on this table. We're all out. There should be a bar somewhere. I mean, the table is big enough, so we can fit it. I don't understand why Dale Jr. didn't build a bar in this room. I mean, like, that's his – he's had bars everywhere he's ever been. He can't even get working headsets in this room. He had right? a nightclub in his freaking house, and we can't even get a bar in this We studio. can easily fit a rolling bar back there, so. Fine. Oh, my gosh. You remember that? This goes back a ways. You, you've been to the basement? You've been to that basement yeah. at the yeah. old house. Holy cow, man. Club E. Dude, when you would walk across, you knew it was a good night when you went down there in the morning and you were just walking, (laughs) (laughs) your feet stuck to the floor. Yeah, that was usually a good night. Let's go back to this bar because I think we can make this happen. Do we, uh, can we get some sponsors? Well, we don't know if you're old enough, so. (laughs) I'm 21. We need to card you. No, we're going to see your ID. If, If I can still be carded, then done. Perfect. I'll take it. That's we will card you every time. Just to yeah, make you feel better. We're gonna need to see your license. We were at, I was at dinner with my parents and my mom got carded and I didn't. Your mom. So What's my your mom. Mom. Yeah. mom. Can I see your mom. license? Mm. Anyways, we can't forget <laughs> our 
lovely producer, Jason. Hey, what's it's up? It's not really our producer. Are you? It's yeah. Really is, producer. Where's Dillner? Are you like having withdrawals? No, it's not right. in the room. I saw him this morning. We're good. Oh, <laughs> tail was I th- tail was slowly wagging this morning. It's like he saw him, but he was, he tailed off. Dillner's in his office right now, waiting for Dale Jr. to tweet something so he can be the first one to tweet back to it. Some <laughs> little. Does he respond to every tweet Dale Jr. says? It looks like it. Yeah. Tags him in it. Oh, I hey, think, I'm here, Dale Jr. Reply to me. I think my favorite is in our group chat when he, like, he'll respond to messages we sent maybe, like, a week or two ago. Like, <laughs> yeah. last night he responded to something we sent maybe two weeks ago. So That's because we, we know where e- his priorities are. We don't exist to mm-hmm. him. Anyways, how was Atlanta? I, I want to know, TJ, how was Atlanta? <laughs> Atlanta was fine. Hot when the sun was out. Cold when the clouds came. Windy. I can't wait for reaction theater. I had to put my jacket on for the last stage because it finally got chilly. So, yeah, I, I did the truck race, and I had to stay for the Xfinity race. At the end of the Xfinity race, I was like, I was starting to get cold. Yeah, it was and cold. So. It was, uh, yeah, I. it was weird because when the sun was out, it was actually like T-shirt weather. But when it would go away, it's like, man, I wish I had my jacket. So I, I assume before we get to, you know, we get spot on, spot off. I'm sure we'll get to talk about the end of the race. Oh, but I'm sure it didn't seem like you were very good because you were around me an awful lot yesterday. <laughs> like you <laughs> cannot tell me how lucky you got when that caution, the second caution came out right away. It saved you so much track position because you got oh, the, lucky, the dog, lucky dog and, and, the restart and right never there. at Atlanta do you have 25 wave arounds. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, you went from being the lucky dog starting behind all them guys yeah. to starting like 14th yeah. or 15th or something. I, I told Bubba, I said, this is we, we were racing Cole Custer for the lucky dog, so we got it, and it was a quick caution. It was like five laps or so. And, I don't uh, even think it wasn't even yeah, five because we, everyone would have. Yeah. I mean, oh, it might have been. I don't know. It was enough to where. No, it might have been five because it, we it pitted was right around there. Yeah, everybody pit and uh, and like when I was looking, I said, "Oh wow, the leader's way like Blaney was the leader, I think, at the off pit road." And I look and he's like three quarters of the way through the field. I was like, "Oh yeah, oh this is gonna be perfect." Yeah, I said, "We're and Bubba's, and Bubba was like, you know, no mistakes. We got to start at the tail anyway." And I was like, "Yeah, the tail's gonna be about fifteenth right here." So yeah, you literally you lined up right behind me, and yeah. I was like, "I was like that lucky son of a gun, like." <laughs> All the wave arounds at Atlanta, like if it would have went much further, like another five laps, they probably all would have pitted. They too probably would have pitted, yeah, because they would have they raced each other for Lucky Dog. Yeah, so I mean, but that's hey, I, we were, take it. We were pretty good. I think we were going to run. Better than us. We were going to run twelfth to thirteenth, I think maybe, and then the last week, two weeks in a row now, we've gotten so unlucky with blending cars blending around us off pit road when we're getting ready to pit, and then they get a penalty. Like last week, it was the eight, I think. So now he, um, Phoenix, he darts across the apron to get to pit road and cuts us off, kind of jacks up our pit entry a little bit, costs us a little bit of time. This week, we're, uh, we go around the 99. Oh, I saw him come back around. And then he, he was penalty because he had a penalty. So he come, he runs in the back of us twice in the middle of the corner because you can obviously charge your entry a little bit harder on new tires versus old tires. So he runs in the back of us. And then comes around the outside and doors the right side of our car and tears it all up. You got to give him a lane, man. Sh- we're trying to do we can to get to pit road. <laughs> Suarez just smoked you coming to pit road, but he had tires. I was to say he had tires. <laughs> <laughs> and I like I, I don't know that he I we so we made it obvious. We tried to make it obvious. We were the, like they were all blending off the bottom. So I said you got to the ninety nine's got. I can't get to the ninety nine. I don't know. There's no time for me to get there. You know he's all the yeah. way to the end of the thing. So. um I said, you know, make it obvious. So Bubba literally went from the top all the way to the apron, yeah. passed somebody inside like, hey, 
you know, that's kind of the way they tell each other, you know, drive Load to the bottom, the whatever. Stretch, yeah, yeah, you're coming. So I don't know if he wasn't paying attention. Bubba was waving, I'm assuming, and just run all over the back of us, then run to the outside, drove in the side of us. I don't know Wheels, and I don't have his phone number, but if you tell him that if he actually pits on the early and front end of the cycle, this won't happen. <laughs> I don't know if that's – I don't know if he knows that. Hey, bud, we're trying something different. <laughs> well, let me I know will how say, that works ca- caution you. comes out. When, we'll you, when you wait a lap or two at a place like Atlanta and they come out two seconds faster than you, they straight away you in no time. Like, you cannot wait. Oh, you lose straight away in two caution. laps. Because here's the thing at a place like Atlanta, if you say, all right, I want four lap fresher tires in case a caution comes out. Well, if a caution comes out, everybody's going to come get tires anyway. So, not a lot of uh, reasoning in my mind that makes sense so to stay out there. I mean, long. you're, you're, you're if, the theory in that is you're going to come out, you're going to have three-lap better tires, four-lap better tires, fire off a lot better, and run them guys down. But for whatever reason yesterday, and it's worked you know, numerous times in the past, but for whatever reason yesterday, we just didn't, we didn't have that speed to where we could fire off and make up that distance. We came out behind TJ on the last one. I thought we were better than him, but we just didn't have. I think after one cycle, though, it's your job to identify that's not happening and you got to pit when everybody else is pitting. I mean, you, you watch the guys who pitted early, like Ryan Newman, benefit greatly from it. Oh, yeah. You find out what lap people are kind of coming on. I don't even mind coming a lap before that, like shortening that a little bit. Because once you get track position on somebody, it's almost impossible to get it back. So you need to be you need to be on the front side of it. We were a lap late a couple times, and that cost us a little bit. But, I mean, we, we just struggled all day. Um, similar to Homestead, just – just off there we were off last time there a little bit the seems like uh homestead and atlanta have become our two worst places um but we got some other strong places coming up so we'll be we'll be fine i'll tell you one thing and i don't know how this played out at home brett but i felt like that race flew by yesterday it just didn't seem like it took very long (laughs) (laughs) i watched some of it listen listen to me All right, I'm a fan now, right? I'm not working like you guys are. How many are. naps did you take? I listened <laughs> to the beginning of the race in my car. I watched the end of stage one at the Mexican restaurant right here, Del Sur, off of exit 33. I drove home after stage one. I watched the beginning of stage two. Bodie and I played baseball in stage two. I cooked dinner in stage two. I had a beer in stage two. I went and mowed my grass in stage two. And stage two still wasn't over. That yeah. was the longest race ever. I looked up one time, and Atlanta's, I think, I think it's like one of the only places that has on the scoreboard, it says what lap it is and how many laps to go at the same time. Which I, I like. I, oh, I love it. And Charlotte does it too. I get really confused around halfway because I don't know which I side know. is which. But yeah. uh, <laughs> I, do, I do the same thing. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, boy. But uh, yesterday I looked up and I'm like, whew, hopefully this thing's about halfway or so. And it was like 230 laps to go. I was like, So I oh was hoping God. TV has a counter and it says, you know, lap X of Y. So yeah. lap 10 of 170 or whatever. I'm thinking that's to the end of the race. No, that was to the end of stage two. This, you guys had a no, whole other Xfinity race to run after oh yeah. stage two was over. It was over. forever long. Yeah, it was yeah. the race was too long. And I'll say this, Saturday's race, the Xfinity race, was amazing. It was an amazing show. It was amazing aggression, restarts, talent, fights. You had everything you could ask for in a race. Yesterday's race was a snooze fest, and that's unfortunate because I know watching that race live, it probably wasn't a snooze fest, but TV is shooting everything um, so tight. <laughs> was it pretty bad? Yeah, I, honestly, that's probably the we need we need less downforce and big motor there, man. Then we need motor there, hands down. You need we, motor there. And Atlanta used to be a place. I'm telling you, guys used to crash, used to be able to back the cars into the corner. We cannot do that. These cars. 
this used to be, and it's still a great racetrack because of the fall off and things like that. But it's the only thing that saved it. it, it it's man, it's just, it's not the. Um, there is no. I know people are using the top a little bit, but man, there is no like. These cars are just too stuck. I watched Larson pass for the lead. He goes into one up by the wall and turns down the track and just pat like that's. You should not be able to do that in these cars. Like in my opinion, this is just me. The they spoiler should, is two foot tall. And we need more motor. I want to see a guy throttle up and, you know, the car start rotating and turn and, be, and chase it. I mean, yeah. we don't – I mean, and don't get me wrong. There's guys that were fighting that stuff. But you should never be able to go into Atlanta and go into the top and turn to the bottom in the middle of the corner, similar to what Chase did at Vegas. I will say there was one organization not doing that. Stuart Haas Racing had three cars at the top of their four cars, not even on the lead lap at the end of stage one. Obviously, Harvick made a great comeback. I thought Custer had a decent day. Uh, I can't be more surprised at how bad those guys are a mile and a half right now. I, honestly, I think the only cars that can do that were the Hendrick cars. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everyone else, I mean, if we went on the bottom, we were chasing it up on exit. We could not turn. And even Blaney, I didn't see Blaney. Blaney was fast, but he couldn't make moves like that. He had a lot of speed, yeah. but he couldn't do the – he didn't have the drivability like Larson did. Does I'm going to go in up here and turn down here. But. If you're Stuart Haas, Freddie, are you hitting a panic button after that one? Yeah, because I I saw a tweet this morning. Kevin Harvick had led 49% of the laps in like the last seven races. He dominated that race last year. Going he? into yesterday. And yeah. so, obviously he had an issue with a flat tire, but nonetheless he wasn't, he wasn't Superman like normal. He didn't drive yeah. back to the front. Jordan Bianchi tweeted this quote from Kevin Harvick during the race yesterday. This is the biggest pile of crap I've ever driven at Atlanta. That would make me hit the panic button. Yes. <laughs> I mean, he – I remember him dominating this race, the Xfinity race whenever he runs it. Like, Obviously, it was a different package, but what he yeah. used to be able to do at Atlanta was run the bottom of one and two the way nobody else could. Yeah. And Same be, thing at Richmond. Yeah, and be light years faster than us. He could do it in three and four as well. Like, yeah. Harvick knew how to run three and four and not tear the tires up and be fast. Like, And there's honestly – that was the craft of Atlanta. Who can run around here and not not burn the tires up? You used to have guys in the beginning of the race that would take off in 15th. 15 laps in, they're running eighth. You guys would have laughed at this. So in the middle of one of the segments when they break to Larry Mack, who I think works as hard as anybody in the broadcast Oh, world. he works really hard. Um, but, TJ, they break to him, and he's got this Goodyear tire sitting there, and he's got like a cheese grater showing how the tire wears and i'm thinking with all the technology that all these forms of motorsports have could we look any more podunk right now than what we're doing i mean this literally the there, Max, with this like thing I mean, I trying to like cheese great i kind of like it now, you, you needed to see the segment i was like maybe this is this is kind of odd but it literally if you look at atlanta it eats tires Listen, if they're going to repave that place, re repave it with a cheese with cheese graters if you can <laughs> whatever you got to do you've got to take if you're gonna if you're gonna mess with that racetrack, if you don't go hire whoever did Homestead, you're a complete moron. Yeah, if you don't put stuff that's gonna tear the tires up, I we're gonna this, have a Texas. I think this is a segment into spot on. Yes, yeah, yeah we're gonna good. get into this. Um, Let's and get into it. So do we do we think that we need to shorten some of these races? Because I feel like we've had this. Uh, that package right there, uh, that's too long of a race. Daytona 500, Coke 600. Southern 500, nothing else 500 miles. If yeah. I if I own that racetrack and I were TV, I would get together and I would say, when we go back in the summer, 
Let's do a 350-mile race. Because Xfinity race is literally perfect. It's a two-and-a-half-hour window, and it's entertaining, and nobody's riding. You're not going to see Kyle Larson get a 10-11-second lead if the race is that short the way the stages play out. And you just won't see it. Saturday was awesome for like TV coverage because we had a doubleheader. So, I mean, all day you can spend your Saturday watching. And the way these stage lengths work, everybody's splitting them square in the middle to come get tires. So even, like, I mean, we saw some guys with some tire issues later in the race, but the way the stages are played out, you're never going to see that actually become a factor. So I don't don't like it. You just mentioned, you know, he had like an 8 to 10 second lead at one point. That used to be, and honestly, when a guy did that, the only time I've ever seen anybody really drive away, like remember at Del Junior at Daytona, that one time where he just drove Every away. Every time he was at Daytona, he just well, drove away. It, he was he was so loose that run. I mean, sideways loose. This guy, I mean, congrats. Like, nothing taken away them. They got those guys built a stupid fast race car. I mean, I great job by I, them. But I think he's getting it figured out. We're, but we're, we're in trouble. But I'm also saying like, you could probably take majority of the guys. That car he barely had to lift. He's not doing i mean not saying he could drive a loose race car too but these guys aren't having to drive the cars like they to yeah. get that you know what i mean like it's just a rc car and he's just you know i'll tell you who was good yesterday I'll tell you what, his his number five rc car is a lot faster than his number 42 rc car used to be because he looks yeah. like I, his he, number he, he's kicking himself in the ass for signing that last contract he signed at ganassi when he had all those options to go all those places he didn't take it and he won few races after that his uh his number yeah. five rc car seems a hell of a lot faster than the 48 24 and and i uh, will say this though, if he doesn't if he if things play out and he just signs with a different organization there he's probably in trouble right now you know he, what i mean he's he probably will, not doing what he's doing right now yeah he's probably not set up for the long term like yeah if he he's at right stewart now. haas he's not running as good as he is right now no anything i mean but, he set him um i'll tell you who was impressive yet not busher as not yeah, busher was good yesterday he was i think he was top 10 uh, DiBenedetto was – I don't know what happened to him at the end because I looked up and he was in the top five most of the day. I seen he finished 10th or something. Uh, but RCR pretty much as a whole. Well, first of all, do you know how they got the track position right there? Bush, I mean, uh, DiBenedetto. Yeah, the three and the 21 got shuffled up there. That We restarted next to the 21 on that restart. We go into one, and the one wrecks in front of us. Well, we have to lift because this guy's coming straight across the racetrack. They put him in sixth. They put DiBenedetto in sixth, and they put us in 16th. Yeah. I, Bubba so, was asking me where you were lining up because you drove by us under that, you know, but I didn't know where you were before that. We were, I mean, we were like 10th into the wreck. Yeah. And they put us in 16th and put him in 6th. So. so even though, he, but like the 3 was fast, the 99, yeah, they held, they held the their 99 position. was fast, and which I don't know if a lot of people realize that 99 is just similar to our situation is a, is a, is an really? RCR car. Yeah. It's not like it's not like an RPM deal where they're an alliance of RCR and get that car I believe is out of RCR shop, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that's a, that's just a third. Dude, they built a that, – that was a fast that, car. That, they were they were fast. I mean, right yeah. until the time he tore our door off. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, and even Reddick was fast, but he got in the wall early and got behind on laps and, and had some damage. But even him at the end was ripping the top, and he had speed. So them guys them, – them Chevys, we talked about last year where they might have started sharing some notes when they did this engine package, but – That and the nose. RCR, I'm telling you, yeah. that nose is big, the downfall. RCR and, and Hendrick are both – probably the two fastest organizations. That downforce to me is showing up with the way Larson can maneuver that car. Like that that to me is showing up now more. They figured it out more. But Suarez, man, great car by them. Hate Travis Mack had to miss it, but um <laughs> it looked like Suarez the closer he got to the front, the more aggressive like the more he like drove harder. Yeah. Like um 
and then he ob- like the worst penalty you can get that's self inflicted is speeding on pit road. Yeah. Like it's the last green flag pit stop. It, like why? Just you have a fast car, take advantage of that on the track. You know he um, yeah it, he there was one point on one like one of the last restarts. I said to Bubba, I said, you know, just be heads up. Because he was fast. Like you said, he was oh, driving he was the hell fast. out of it. And he was yeah. slide up in front of people. There was tight holes. And I said, just watch. This 99 is a little wild right here. Yep. Came back to bite me. It's karma. I'm getting the nod from Jason. I have to talk about have... one thing before oh, we my. go. He's got to go get ready there for the Dell Junior Download. Our, we have our own parking lot at uh, Atlanta. And you remember where we parked yesterday. It was like right down the bottom of the stairs there. And there was a very nice young lady working the parking lot named Katie. Oh, I didn't get her name. She likes you. And she doesn't like you. <laughs> <laughs> no, she doesn't like the guy I spot for. Yeah. She she came she ro- I, she was walking over and she came I rolled the window down and her and she had a partner, I think his name was Jesse. <laughs> he is hilarious. And, dude. and she says, Do you like TJ? And I said, No. <laughs> so <laughs> and of course I was sitting uh with Lambert and Lambert said, oh, who's TJ? <laughs> but anyway, so I said, what are you doing? She's like, we're taking a poll. Uh, I think Josh probably said, go around and see well, if anybody likes TJ. Do you know why she was doing that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> we had her, when Doug and Josh pulled up, we had her had them go over there and be like, they pull up and just park in the front, like, pole position. Like, yeah. we got here really late. We're going to park in the front anyway. And they're like, you guys can't park here. And, of course, Josh uh, – when you know got mad and and i don't know if she told you that or not oh, yeah. but josh and doug get all mad we knew doug would get mad because doug always gets mad doug always gets mad you could be like doug the sky's blue no it's not it's cloud no doug is blue. you're a hack um <laughs> so you know we knew and we're back there like crying laughing and there's uh so that was uh doug's little i I said, I, she said, we're, so we're taking a poll, and I, Doug was over there standing there. He's laughing. He's like, J- Josh is so mad. And uh, <laughs> and she said, we're taking a poll to see who likes TJ. I said, have you found anybody yet? And she said, yeah, the guy over there, Truex is spotter. I said, that explains it. He's new. So we'll figure it out. <laughs> but they were nice. They were, they were awesome. They'd come over. They were out. actually really funny. And they were, they were doing a good job keeping Riff Raff out of our parking lot. So I appreciate that. <laughs> hey, that the funny, the funny thing about spotter parking is – and I and you guys are gonna agree with me on this. So it's yeah. very rare it's all rare. three of us agree. <laughs> yeah, right. But we were always treated like crap when it came to where we parked and how we got to the roof. And once the pandemic hit, we have these VVIP parking lots <laughs> where we can't get any closer to I could pull my car in the damn elevator now and get straight to the roof. Whereas before it was like, You guys don't belong here. You guys need to park way the hell out there. We don't care where you guys park. You're not a guest of the racetrack, the fans are. Hey, we're we're here to work, right? So they're not gonna jump on this bandwagon as much as they really want to because they got to go to Bristol and I don't. But I'm telling you, the best thing to happen to spotters is a pandemic. It made our schedule easier and it made our parking passes better. Yeah, I got a couple messages from fans at Atlanta too that were wanting to say hi but didn't get a chance to do that. But yeah, that's cool, man, that people still listen and want to say hi and stuff. I'm jealous. My workout for like every race day was walking from the parking lot to the track because you have to park so far. Yeah. So we could go back. Well, we have a very full show today because later we have a special guest, Mike Joy, going to be videoing in. And I know Freddie has a ton of, tons of questions for him. Yeah. So No, I really just have one question for him, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> 
This one should be interesting. So uh, let's kick it off with hearing more about our presenting sponsor, OfferPad. Okay, it's time to sell the house. Home selling with OfferPad is as easy as... Welcome to OfferPad. How can we help? Ooh, let's go with Express Sell. With a cash offer in 24 hours. Mm, close in 28 days. And a side of free local move. Mm, you got it. And that comes with no showings. <laughs> Extra no showings, please. Perfect. Take control. Selling is easy with OfferPad Express. Request your free offer today at OfferPad.com. Hey, it was a great weekend of racing in Atlanta. It's actually home to OfferPad, one of their uh, one of their biggest, hottest markets right now. For those of you in the Atlanta area or any other OfferPad market in the U.S., we want to tell you how easy it is to get a cash offer on your home from OfferPad. Yeah, you can start by logging on to OfferPad.com, click the sell option, and request your offer. You'll first give OfferPad your address and then tell them about your home. You'll then have an option to show photos of your home or even do a virtual walkthrough. Man, I did this, and within 24 hours, I received an offer from OfferPad. They will send you an offer, take the offer, and sell your home. It doesn't get any easier than that. Go sell your home with OfferPad today. When asked where you heard about OfferPad, make sure you click on that NASCAR tab. And thanks to OfferPad for being a presenting sponsor of Door Bumper Clear. Spot on, spot off. First topic, Kyle Larson says, I hate Joey Logano after Ryan Blaney passes him for the cup win. TJ, what do you think? That's, my job isn't to run his race for him, so spot <laughs> off for using your stuff up and not being able to move around and pass us like you were earlier in the race. That's basically it. Maybe tell us, I mean, what like for those who didn't get to watch the race yet, what, uh, what happened where... We're yeah. running like, what are we running, like 14, 15, something like that in yeah. that area. Yeah. And we just running our race, bottom three and four, because we couldn't move up that well. And three quarters with the racetrack through one and two. And that happened to be where Larson was running. And if the caution comes out, I mean, we weren't, we didn't do anything to, he couldn't even get to us really. He couldn't even get there to make an attempt to pass. So that's whenever you're not just going to pull over if a guy can't get to you, especially when you've got a teammate that's, that could possibly win behind him. Um, and not that we're doing anything different, but if the caution comes out and we get a good restart, we get a couple spots on pit row or restart 13th, we get a good restart, we're eighth place. you know, And that's a big difference in points from 15th, 16th or something that we're going to be if we get lapped. Not that we did anything different, but um, Kyle Larson caught us earlier in the race, drove right around us, moved lanes, turned down from the top, drove right by us. Well, this time he got there and couldn't do that. And it's not our job to, to just move out of the way for the leader like that. I mean, it. if you have a teammate leading, yeah, you might cut him a little bit more of a break, but I saw the five cut the nine a break earlier in the race when he ran him down. He could have lapped him, but he didn't. And we were trying to stay on the lead lap, and we were just running our race. And Kyle even admitted it after the race, like many times. He, didn't, he just, I used my stuff up, and he did. So you can't, it's not. I would be I would have been disappointed if we just moved over and let him go at that point, especially if a caution comes out. You're gonna sit there, you're gonna be mad. I mean, wouldn't you be? So so first off, I'm spot on because who doesn't hate Joey and TJ? <laughs> um but so I think where the problem comes in here is Lar- Larson wasn't gonna win that race. Whether I I think even whether Joey Logano was on the racetrack or not, Ryan was gonna run Larson down and pass him. Um, you know, he might have had a little bit harder time without with if Larson was in clean air. But it's not a it's, clean air is not as big of an advantage there as it is other places. But um, 
the optics of it were not great because like the second Ryan got in a lead, Joey bails to the bottom and lets everybody go. But it's his teammate. Now, like TJ said, you're not first of all, you're the last car on the lead lap. You're not like it's not like you're one down trying to go to trying to prevent going two down. Oh, if you're two down, if you gotta get out of the way. If you're if you're if you're you know, if you catch a caution there, it's it could be anything. It could be a top five, could be a win, you know, you never know. Um, so you're going to race to stay on a lead lap, and then, like you said, your teammates catching the guy from behind. There's no, there's no reason to get out of his way there, and I don't really think he never really got to the point where I would even consider getting out of the way. He was every time I looked up, he was at least five car lengths back or more. He never got to us. Like he, he was never like up his ass, like getting blocked by Joey. So as much as I'd like to blame TJ for the end of their race, I think. Laney was going to win no matter what. I think Larson was just too used up. Yeah, spot off on Larson's take of this. Uh, if you're going to be mad at somebody, be mad at the guy that drove by and sucked your door number off when he came by. TJ had three reasons not to move. Number one, stay on the lead lap. Number two, if he's going to lose a lap, you're racing for lucky dog. You still got to go as hard as you can. And number three, that's his teammate uh, behind Larson. Larson never got positioned to make a pass. Three to five car lengths as close as I saw him. And, I mean, it just wasn't enough. He ran out of grip. I will say that after once Blaney goes by, we just stayed we stayed up. Larson had a run at that point because we had to run the high, we ran the high side through three and four. But after he went by us, we tried to pass him twice back. Yeah. So That's he wasn't. We were like he didn't drive away from us. We were there, so he just used his stuff. Yeah, up. he just he's and he said it. I watched multiple interviews yeah. where he said he tried to build a gap in the in the beginning part of the run and just burned his tires up and never was able to get the gap big enough. Yeah. And and that's, that's probably I mean he's just frustrated heat of the moment stuff, so I'm not yeah. overly concerned about it. I'm telling it. you, I guarantee that he said that as soon as like when you guys bailed out of the way. Like you ran in front of him, ran in front of him and then once Brian got the lead, you guys kind of bailed out of Ryan's way, which I don't have any problem with, but I'm sure that's when he was like Son that's, of a <laughs> I will say that at the end of the the last runs when I saw Larson fight his car more than any cuz he could not move yeah. a bit. He was getting worse as it got as the day went on. Sun went down, yeah. yeah. I agree. Spot on, spot off. There were no penalties following Noah Gregson's backing into Daniel Hemrick's car under pit stops as well as the fight that broke out following the race. Brett. Spot on for no penalty for Noah Gregson backing into Daniel Hemrick on pit road. And here's why. Noah's going to plead his case, which he did, that he was outside of his pit box and he had to do everything he could to get every three of his tires inside of his pit box and not be facing a penalty. So in doing that, he had to back up. You're never going to be able to prove that him missing his pit box and him backing up to get back into his pit box was intentional. Was it intentional? I don't know. Only Noah Gragson knows that. What I am spot off for here is when this fight breaks out, it's Daniel Hemrick against Noah Gragson, against management at JRM, and against whoever put Hemrick in the headlock, right? So now Noah swung at Daniel. Somebody backfisted Daniel, and somebody else grabbed him by the throat. So that's where I'm spot off. I see penalties needing to come in there and suspensions needing to come in there. I'm And, and plus, Noah can't even hit the guy when he's being held. I've never missed a guy in a fight that was being held by somebody. <laughs> He'll never admit he, it. He, he misses him the first time by by eight inches. The next time he misses him by two feet, well, somebody's got him by the throat. So, um, look, I think, I think Noah's temper right now is a product of pressure. Uh, Noah's been here for two seasons and some change, and he's won two races. And I have to think at some point, I mean, Mike Joy is coming on here today to talk about whether or not Noah Gregson's racing he on wasn't Daddy's money. He was talking about Noah Gregson. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
He's talking about I guys like I, Noah Gregson. I believe so, Mike Joy wasn't talking about Noah Gregson so, as much as I believe Noah didn't back into that car on purpose. <laughs> I, 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 and I can't argue with you on that. But only Noah knows the truth. And when the facts are presented, nope. I think NASCAR doesn't have a lot to stand on in terms of, oh, man, he was putting that crew guy's life in jeopardy. No, he wasn't. He wasn't dumping the clutch and backing up. He was slowly backing up to try to get in his pit box. It's his side of the story. You're not going to prove that wrong. But when you go back and look at that fight, and there's so many different angles of it, frame by frame, um, man, I would have suspended two guys and I would have fined two guys. I mean, I'm spot, I'm spot on for no penalties with that because I, I watched the video and I don't know if Noah, I think it lined up perfectly right on the edge of if he went back any harder or further, it could have looked way more on purpose, but he was at a really bad angle in trying to get into his stall. But um, I think, I mean, Noah's been in position to win. Shoot, man, he should have three, three, four more wins here if things go his way. Um, at least three, and all of them at Homestead. And I, I think Noah could have three more to his resume right now if things go if right. If Frog had wings, he wouldn't bump his ass every well, time that's, he jumped. I mean, things happen. But, you know, I think I, I personally think it makes it. Noah's the type of guy that I've, I've watched him race. I've watched him race. He gets to you, and he's not content following you. And if you're, and he's gonna, if you're in his way, he's gonna do what it takes to get around you. And I'm not saying he's gonna wreck you, but he's not afraid to get up underneath somebody, give him the bumper a little bit, and go on. Which I have no problem with that. Like I, that's how it should be, in my opinion. I mean, I, that's racing. If the guy's faster, you gotta do what it takes to get around him. But you gotta know, at some point, it's gonna come back to you. You gotta be prepared. And I haven't seen. I haven't seen Noah get really upset at somebody hitting him back yet. Even after the race, he's just doing his interview like normal, and and here comes a guy mad at him. But uh, I'm not saying you know Hemrick probably had a right to be mad or how many or times you've seen Hemrick swing at people? Uh, I don't, I don't, I haven't. But I also think Hemrick's under some pressure now too. Do you he's think his, that? Do you think that Noah backed up and hit Hemrick's car on purpose? I think yes. Do you I think, think it you, lined you up right for him to do it at that point. You I can't think prove it, but up. do you think he did it on purpose? I think it lined up where he saw it and didn't care if it happened. You know, he knew he was going to back up and, oh, I'm going to hit that guy's car a little bit. It's only my left rear quarter pan. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. So I think he the way he, only way he was going to get into his stall is to go back that far, but I don't think he minded that it had a little contact with the other car. I don't like anything on pit road. I don't like doing anything on pit road, even with the cars after the race. I don't agree with the guys running into each other because they're not these guys aren't the ones having to get out and fix them. That goes strictly those pit crew guys are in danger at that point, and you're causing more work for the crew guys who already bust their tails all week. You know, get home late on Sunday or at the shop seven o'clock Monday morning. Those guys are already busting their tails for extracurricular stuff like that. But now, if you're racing somebody and you're bumping them out of the way, that's that's racing. So. I personally like Noah's aggressive driving. I think it makes it exciting. And I don't once think, again we're talking about I, him. I don't think in either one of these situations Noah did something wrong to the point point that you can prove it. Yeah. I don't I mean, know if, what if, he, if a guy grabs me, no guess point. what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna swing at him. If 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 he backed up and hit that car on pit road intentionally, he's the only guy who knows that. And you, yeah. there's no data. Y'all like to argue about data and data on here. There's no data. there's nothing that's gonna prove that Noah Gregson did that on purpose. So yeah. if you're here's where I'm at on this deal. So if you're just go to the just go you're going to the store and you're going to park your car and you miss your you pull in you miss your parking spot. 
when you back up to get in your parking spot, do you back straight up or do you take some kind of angle so that you can maneuver your car? He backs straight up through two pit boxes, basically, and straight into the right front of Daniel Hemrick's car. But his backup camera wasn't working. His backup camera wasn't working. Look at my wife <laughs> yeah, trying man. to. Look the like sensor. Megan, look like Megan trying to park her car. Trust the me. The sensor got knocked off the earlier, beep, man. Yeah, the beep, it wouldn't beep. beep, 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 beep. And, and so, <laughs> you just hit him. <laughs> here's here's my issue with Noah, and it's been like he can't help himself. You know what I mean? Like. I thought he did it. I watched his interview after the race, the one where he didn't get punched. And, you know, he's he's good. You know, the, he kind of says everything right. He does everything right. And then you see him sitting. The, like, the interview's over. And then you see him standing there, and you go, he's getting ready to say something stupid. Getting ready to say something stupid. I'd be mad, too, if I had that guy's resume. Okay, listen. Daniel Hemrick obviously needs to win races. Daniel Hemrick has been one of the most talented, you know, late model drivers model in the country. Yeah. And needs yeah. to win races. But I don't think noah's got the borderline hall of fame career yet to be calling out other people resumes he's got got two two xfinity wins and two truck wins in the best equipment in each series so i don't think you're in any position to call out somebody else's resume at that point um and and that's that's what makes noah polarizing he can't just say like if you're truly sorry like i didn't mean to do that that was my bad you know do you, are you making that comment? No. You're going to post a video where you back into the guy's car and as you're driving away, you flip him off? Nah, probably not very smart. I think he wasn't flipping him off. He was just waving at him. Yeah, I'm sure. Tell deuces. You know. <laughs> sorry. Sorry for backing into your car. Um, I was saying, hey, Daniel, you're number one in my heart. It's just, I, I think I was listening to DJG a couple weeks ago and, and they said, they made a comment like, you know, Dale's kind of just letting Noah be Noah now. And I think that maybe we need to rethink that process because. <laughs> This is not working out well. Like I've, I just saw Noah Wednesday, and we we're talking about it. And he's he's telling people, "Freddie don't like me." I said, "It's not that I don't like you. I just you do dumb stuff, and it's you get fun, called it's funny, out on." It's it. funny how fast people turn on you, though, because last year Daniel Hemrick brought decent money here, millions of dollars here. Oh, yeah. And the minute he's against one of their guys now, boy, he's in a headlock getting backfisted. Yeah, that's the thing that really drives. <laughs> like, and I think it was Drew Herring that had a good tweet about like. Let the drivers fight. It's like a hockey fight, you know? Let them fight. And while they're fighting, everybody get the hell out of there. And then when they go to the ground, everybody can step in and break it up. But don't – like, the one big guy has got Dan, uh, Daniel in a heml- uh, hemlock. In a headlock. <laughs> that's a new word. And uh, mm. and Noah's trying to punch him. Like, how that, – that's, in my opinion, that's a move. Like, if there's a big guy holding somebody, you're over there trying to punch him, That's you're being a at that point. But, you know. Can we say the B word on here? I don't think so. I, think we, I, I mean, has that stopped you in the past, Brett? It's, I'm sure it'll get bleeped No, I, just, I don't think it should get bleeped because it's a female dog. Jason's <laughs> over there making notes. So we, just, he looked down when Franny did that, so he's probably making a mark on the <laughs> timeline here. I don't know. It's just it, it, he I, can't listen, help himself. Like, I enjoy it. Should, should NASCAR, I don't think either one of you answered this. Should NASCAR have penalized anybody? I said they should have. Should they have penalized anybody yes. for the fight or the wreck? Yes. Who? Everybody but Daniel and Noah. But Daniel and Noah. So nothing on pit road. I'm saying everybody. There's two other people involved on pit road. I don't think you can penalize a guy for breaking, uh, you know, holding a guy to break up a fight. If he was holding a guy. Well, I'm just saying, I mean. So if I come grab you by your neck, TJ, guess what I'm going to turn around and do? I'm going to punch you in the throat. I don't care how big you are. If you it's grab me the way hard. Daniel Hemmer got grabbed, I'm punching you in the throat. But think about you know if you're if you're down there with your driver though, and you see somebody, you see one of them, you're gonna you're gonna try to help your driver. Like that's just how this this deal works. But when but you, I don't but, agree with but it. But when you grab a guy like that, you think he's just gonna become complacent and let you hold him like that? 
I don't think it's fair that the other guy didn't get grabbed at the same time. You, that's not fair at all. If I'm in a, if I'm trying to break up a fight, I'm grabbing my guy. If Bubba's down there fighting, I'm grabbing Bubba. I'm not grabbing Noah so Bubba can punch Noah. You know I what I mean? I just want to give some credit I to mean, the unsung heroes, the PR reps who have to deal with all of this after, and some of them during, like the Brad. They're probably all up in a suite these days in this pandemic. Well, yeah, but before that, like Brad and Jeff Gordon, like I mean, I know those PR reps, and they had to deal with some swings. So my, uh, my I know Noah's and Daniel's reps, and I have to give them credit because the they have first to deal thing I told backlash. Amy Walsh when she came to work with us and we had uh, – obviously, I was managing Elliot. I said, if a fight is about to break out, get the f- out of the way. Will, the bus driver's job is to get in the middle of that. You're female. Do not be in the way. And if you're in the way and get hit in the face – that's your fault. I'm telling you right now, as a female, remove yourself from a situation that may be violent because you're in way over your head. You're 100 pounds. You're five foot one, and these guys are mad, and they're six foot with testosterone raging out of their ears. Get the f- out of the way. I, I've had to do it once or twice. I've literally had guys. to go the other way. Pick your guy. I shouldn't be involved in it. Like, the worst thing about the Texas deal was— You just said it was already grabbed him. No, no, no. I say it's okay to try to split up the fight, but he not, grabbed like— grabbed him by the neck. I don't agree with how you hold him so the other guy can hit him. That's not really right. But, like, the, in Texas, there were guys on other teams stopping their— putting their air hoses, like, running over there, throwing punches, and coming back. Like, <laughs> like It's true. I remember that. I'm, I'm going to get my ass whipped by the guy that grabbed my neck, but guess what? I'm going to punch him in the throat when he well, grabs me by the neck. Yeah, like I mean, that. I just don't think the pit, the pit guy should not fight the drivers. Put it that way. My hero of the whole thing was uh, Harrison Burton with the, the oh, fist Oh, yeah, bump. the after. He walked over and fist bumped Daniel as Daniel was walking away. I think uh, I think Harrison wants another shot at the title. What yeah. a deal. I don't, I don't, here's, I don't think Harrison's here's forgot my problem about with, that deal. Here's my, it, my problem with the duck, whole duck. situation. <laughs> and I, I even text Daniel this. I said – why are these guys, they walk over and grab the guy. Swing. Don't grab him. Hit him. Like, if you want to fight, go over there and fight. Because you grab the guy, do you give him an opportunity to swing at you now? Yeah. Just if, go over there and hit him. Daniel does that, he's all over Sports Center everywhere. Uh, he was on Sports They were all over Sports <laughs> no, Center. No, I mean, it had been like, oh, I you're know. the new champ. That was like, the first you time. You get the belt. That was like, the first time I saw that. He got a shot at Conor McGregor. Yeah, he'd have fir- fought McGregor. Maybe <laughs> Nate Diaz or something too. I, just, I don't know. I, 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 Daniel did have a hell of a move though. The old bob and weave. He he, oh, he that punch and connected. Yeah, I will tell you what. He knew he was getting rid of <laughs> Noah. We got to work on the reach, man. That was like the the wind. He looked like, like Muhammad Ali wind up. Like dude, he, and he didn't. He didn't extend. He was like right here. Like not that I, you know, I'm a professional boxer, man. But geez, well I've seen you fight at Dell Junior's boxing ring before. You you might be a professional. I got in there twice, <laughs> and I'm not getting in there with the other, second guy. I got in there ever again. Keep Josh, moving, Casey. Who's that? Josh Snyder. I'm never doing that again. <laughs> TJ, Josh's forearms are bigger around than your thighs. Why yeah. would you think you want to fight Josh Snyder? Well, it's probably a lot of Bud Light. I don't know. <laughs> the headgear is not enough. <laughs> no, nah, the headgear was not enough. I did get in there with Travis McFarland. You know Travis? Oh, yeah. He didn't. Yeah. I, I hit him, and he said, I'm done. I'm done. So, sorry, Travis. <laughs> Denny Hamlin tweets more <laughs> taller after Josh Ferry's car gets destroyed by spinning into the front stretched grass. Spot on, spot off, Freddie. Spot on. Everything Denny says is right. Um, man, Josh, here I don't know. I don't know why Josh didn't continue down pit, pit road. road. Yeah, like I mean, I guess you know, heat of the moment, your yellow's coming out, so you don't want to lose time. But you're not going to really lose anything rolling down pit road. But he lost a lot trying to get back on the racetrack. Um, was the yellow out? It was. It was out. I, I wasn't or, listening. It, oh no! Actually, you're right. It wasn't out. I don't think it came out until he blew the nose off his car. But, yeah. But still, like, that's the risk you're taking. It's just inexperience, I think. You know, you you kind of look and go, ah, I could probably just cut across this little patch of grass right here. Had he made it? Okay. 
Perfect move. Yeah, but he did not. And no. I've, I haven't – it's been a long time since I've seen a car that far off the ground. Um, <laughs> In the front end only. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like a ramp. But, I, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, obviously AstroTurf is the way to go. We see it at Charlotte. I don't know why, especially these SMI tracks, haven't gone to it because after you see how good that works, but I'm sure there's an expense involved. Um, Denny but, Hamlin on Twitter right now, Freddie, is money. He is the funniest guy. He's back to being Denny Hamlin before Denny Hamlin got fined $50,000 for tweeting something. Remember when that happened? NASCAR popped oh, yeah. him on the wrist. Oh, he went yeah. quiet for a lot of years. Back when they went secret fines. Denny, the car owner, is back on Twitter. Denny put out on Twitter, this was actually better than the first tweet. It said, Dear Marcus Smith, who owns, obviously, the racetrack, before investing in a casino outside of Atlanta, Motor Speedway, please look into one of these. And it's a gif of a weed eater mowing grass. Marcus replies, nothing cuts grass quite like a front splitter denny we'll have things fixed up tonight for you guys but in general best to keep your tires on the racing surface tj <laughs> yeah i mean they it's a risk you know how to not tear the splitter off don't get in the grass so i hate that the splitters are there that we can tear up the cars like that because back in the day when you used to go down through the grass it would fold it under a little bit you went back down there a guy got a mallet out beat it back out and you went back on the racetrack so and I do. I wish it was still like that. I like the aspect of the grass there, but I don't like that it tears the splitters off the car. But we all know the risk, and if you make bad luck for yourself, you could probably rip the front of the car off. I'm sorry, so. but if you throw an interception in football, it's 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 to your Turnover. detriment. Yeah. If if you wreck in NASCAR, it shouldn't be without some kind of consequence. I mean, you're literally leaving the racing surface. Don't don't wreck. It's that simple. Yeah. Did Denny tweet after the turn one incident yet? No. I'd love to hear a smart I don't, I don't comment. Know. I don't I'd know. love to hear a smart comment about that. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Bubba, Bubba asked me what happened there. I said, I think I got to plead the fifth. <laughs> I don't think we can talk about he it. He goes, I, I heard I heard it on the loudspeaker deal. Kurt's like, I didn't get pushed. I got drove through. <laughs> and Kurt is usually pretty uh, – yeah. he, uh, he tells it how it is most of the time. So what? You don't think <laughs> – I don't know what happened. I wasn't looking. I wasn't looking. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet you were. <laughs> Rose-colored glasses over here. <laughs> spot on, spot off. The Atlanta Track GM says a repave will be sooner rather than later. Brett. Spot on if you pick the right con- contractor to come do it. I mean, we've got some great mile and a half, Homestead being our favorite. Uh, there's no dogleg. At Homestead, there's progressive banking, and we see tire wear. So if you do this, please don't put down the shiny black asphalt that has uh, gazillions amount of grip with these tires and, and, and cars that are already making tons of downforce. And then spray and, it. And, and, yeah, just, just man, just don't – I realize it's inevitable. Just don't screw it up. And if you're a race fan listening to this, buy a ticket to Atlanta this summer because it's going to be hot, it's going to be slick, and it's a hell of a lot better race than what you see on TV. I don't know why TV can't capture what makes Atlanta so special, but watching from home yesterday, I just realized it just can't do it. Yeah, Atlanta's hard, man. One of the hardest places we go. We've talked about it on here before. They just you it's it's impossible to catch the sensation of speed that we are that we're we're dry, you know, these guys are racing at on TV. For whatever reason, it's too tight a shot or it's just you know the the camera flow. Like if you go to a racetrack and just go stand and turn one at a racetrack, you'll be amazed at how hard these guys drive in the corner. But uh, as far as the repave goes, spot off because we always hate repaves. The, the we hate the repaves that have happened least recently because I haven't. Maybe Homestead's the only one where 
the track the racing didn't get ruined um but obviously they're inevitable like the track service eventually comes apart you know atlanta's i forget how long did they say what was the uh do we know how many years it's been since it got repaved? I mean, it's been Well, they talked forever. about it like three, four years. Like yeah. couple, three let's years, go with 75. That was a great year. <laughs> so, um, but like Brett said, let's go back to a true oval. Let's, you know, just if you want to add progressive banking, whatever. But just go back to the original configuration of a true oval. Just give us something different to race on that's not the cookie-cutter mile and a half like we have a bunch of times. I don't mind the configuration either way. It just has to wear tires out, man. If we don't wear tires out, guys are not going to search around. They're not going to struggle for grip. They're not going to move. Watching guys go through three or four in Atlanta right now, and you can probably really only capture this if you go in person, like Brett said. Man, these guys are getting as low as they can, trying, and they clip the apron, mess up, they get loose. There's more mistakes made at Atlanta than a lot of places. If you repave it and use the super grippy stuff, they're going to be single file, not make any mistakes. The reason they make mistakes now is because they're sliding. Yeah, and they're they're fighting the car handling. Imagine if they had less downforce and more motor. These guys would be driving the wheels off these things. And these guys are the best drivers in the world, man. We've talked about this before as well. No other sport can come to NASCAR driver wise really and be really really good to start with. We've had Kurt go run the Indy 500 and be very competitive. Not saying Indy's, Indy racing is easy because a road course he probably would have had his hands full. But man, these guys are really good. How many years ago was it when we repaved Michigan? Eight years? 2012, yeah. I think. I was spotting already, so it's, probably less than that. It's still ruined. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's still bad. And Michigan was phenomenal, and yeah, it's Michigan still awesome. ruined. It is one of the widest surfaces we go to all year, and it's one lane. Maybe one and a half. Yeah. We can't do that to Atlanta, especially if they've got two dates. You can run literally that place is five lanes wide, and you can make all of them work at different points. Like – we don't have many tracks that you can do that. Maybe maybe SMI is smart, though. Maybe this was all part of their play, where they give Atlanta a second date, then they have to shut it down for a repave, and while they shut it down, one of those dates goes to Nashville. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, I'm so excited for this one. Spot on, spot off, the Cup Series to race on dirt for the first time in 51 years this weekend at Bristol. Freddie, you clearly have an opinion on this. I mean – I'm spot off right now, but I'm hoping to be proved wrong. I mean, I thought this had potential. I think it would have had it still has potential. Um, but I feel like they just made a lot of mistakes format wise with with the way they're gonna run this and it's too many cars, it's too many laps. It's during the day, which no no dirt track in the country runs during the day because the, the sun dries the track out and it makes it, you know, dusty or track take rubber right away. And the biggest thing you're the, what you're hoping for here is 250 laps, the track's going to rubber up. And if if you if you don't follow dirt racing, that's not good. You know, like if 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 you're watching a sprint car race and the track starts to take rubber, every sprint car has to run that lane because it's way faster than the guys on the dirt. So, you know, on a They blow a, tires. Yeah, they blow it'll wear the tire out, yeah. but but you have to be in that lane. If you get off that lane, it's, you know, half a second different lap time wise. So you don't like to see a dirt track take rubber, but your only hope here is it's going to take rubber, 250 laps. There's no way it doesn't. Um, but your only hope is it just takes rubber in multiple grooves so that we have other places to move around and race. But there's just, I mean, you go, the, you're going to draw out of a hat. We'll go over the format. Draw out of a hat um, for your heat race position. They're going to have passing points, which means if you start 10th and finish you know first you're going to get more points than the guy that started fifth and finished first chili bowl chili bowl basically yeah chili basically bowl. chili bowl um that's not confusing at all no 
And then, but then there's going to be, they're just taking 35 guys out of the heat race, whoever the 35 top highest point guys are at a heat race. And then some provisionals based on whatever format they use. Um, But there's no B main or nothing. Like I think, you know, what if you draw a heat race and it's the top 10 in points? So now you're going to be last in points. You got to, I'm sure you get a provisional, but if there's five guys all getting provisionals, then, then what happens? You're going to send one of your guys home because you know, the, all these dirt ringers come in and get an easier draw. Like there needs to be some kind of B main. I feel like that where at least you know if Kyle Larson gets a draw, a bad draw, and he's racing or you know whoever gets clipped is, is, first corner. Yeah, yep. like now you've got a chance to go back and race against guys that aren't the ten best guys there. Um, so that was I thought that was a flaw. There was just a lot of things that I think could have been done differently, and I'm sure they'll go and f- learn from it. I, I I didn't get the chance to watch many of the late model races. It seemed like they were all pretty decent, but it looked a lot of one lane. Um, and those guys are wide open. Yeah, they were digging. I mean, it was dangerous. I mean, there's a lot of wrecks. When they wrecked, they destroyed their race cars. Um, Guess why? Yeah, Bristol's not a dirt track. Yeah, and and you're it's a racetrack with dirt on it. I yeah. think we're going to be crawling compared to them. Oh, oh you're going to be yeah. totally crawling. Yeah. It's going to look slow mo. I watched all them races, and I I thought the race, I thought the track held up good, like for that amount. But they're only yeah, but they're running, running forty laps. Yeah, but they had. <laughs> I mean, they had. Um, Hell, though, I turned it off one night, almost 1 o'clock in the morning. They were in so many features. But that was at nighttime, so that will be a little bit different. I do think there are way too many laps in this race. I've never been – I've been to a lot of dirt races. That's where my – I grew up racing, and I've never been to a 250-lap dirt race. I think the biggest um, dirt race I've been to is probably Super Dirt Week in Syracuse. And I'm wanting to say we ran – So it's, it's 100 laps usually. Well, no, 100 was halfway. Oh yeah, no super. Are you talking about like uh, the, the big blocks? Yeah, the big blocks. Yeah. But that was a mile long track, and man, I don't. I mean, that race is more about strategy, though. Really, it is. Than, about, you got to be good too. But yeah. um, but it was one lane. Really, two hundred and fifty laps around Bristol. But those guys are professional dirt racers too. We're not. Uh, we're <laughs> the NASCAR Cup Series here. I think this race could have been done in a hundred fifty with a halfway break or something. I don't even know. But two hundred fifty is a lot. So. I'm, I'm spot on for the guys who went and tried to run some of these dirt races. It's been exciting. You know, Kyle Busch running the Davenport stuff. That, that was exciting. Kyle Larson was obviously there. Um, I'm, I'm spot on for those guys that are running the truck race to get better at this craft because it's new to a lot of them. I think the truck race is going to be potentially a good race. Uh, I'm, I'm worried about this race for the same reasons you guys are. I just hope it's not a complete cluster. I think that this is going to be a great opportunity also for the dirt racers who are coming to run it. Like Shane Golubik's running, Chris Windham is running. I think we've talked about how NASCAR needs to work better with the dirt racing community because a lot of these guys come into NASCAR later and I think it's going to bring a ton of fans from dirt racing to watch it. It may be it may not work as well the first time, but the fact that they're trying it. I think the truck race is is yeah. going to be awesome. I mean Stuart Friesen's yeah. wife is going to run it. I'm excited about that. Um I, I'm 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 nervous for this cup race because of the cluster of it, and, and what I mean by that is, we've got the first ten guys they announce at driver intros can't stay out of the way at an asphalt two mile track. So how the hell are they going to stay out of the way at a dirt Bristol track? And here's yeah, the here's one be. of the big things I think that a lot of people not don't realize. Like when we spot Bristol, you have to spot at least a half a straightaway out front all day because. They, if guy spins, you're on him Three in on him. like no time. Well, now you can't stop. <laughs> like so, stuff's gonna. I mean, obviously, we're not gonna be running as fast. 
But stuff's going to happen just as fast, and, and now you can't you, stop. You're not going to be able to stop. You're going to, you know, you can't lock the brakes up because you're just going to slide into yeah, a wreck. Well, you're going to spin out. So yeah, like so. so and then you got hey, these guys out here that do me don't one belong on the racetrack. Make sure Drew Herring has plenty of batteries. <laughs> <laughs> Did I tell you what I told him right after the Phoenix race when he won? I I was rolling the last three off the roof there, and I walked up. I said, "Hey, Drew, make sure you charge your stuff tonight." <laughs> it, Congrats it, to him winning to the week after that cluster. Yeah, yeah. but it, make sure make sure our buddy Drew has I'll, plenty of batteries. I'll, he's got I'll, he's got a like a. The battery on the back of his radio now is like four times the size. Yeah, it's to be, huge, so, man. So good. I think he's good. But good. he ha- he has got the best hair on the roof. Like he's got the prettiest true. hair. Him and Corelli. Yeah. Well, Corelli's old. Yeah, Corelli. but he's got good hair for he being does, that he old. He does have amazing hair to be that old. I'm spot on for this this uh, try though, because I think it's going to bring some attention. I'm really interested in seeing how the dirt guys, the ringers that you're talking about, come in and run against these guys. This is a test of okay. None of us have done this before. In this, so this is going to be basically how good are you at this craft right here? I want to see how good um, our guys can run the dirt stuff against a dirt ringer like Wyndham and them guys coming in there. I got got a question for you two because you two watch a lot more racing than I do, right? I've watched enough racing in my life. (laughs) I got a question which good NASCAR Cup Series driver, say top 20 ish in points, is going to be the worst at dirt track racing at Bristol? Oh. Hmm. Top twenty-ish. Top twenty-ish in points. Because I don't. Would, I mean, look, we would don't. Suarez expect... be included in that? Oh uh, yeah, he's a top twenty driver. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, guy say... was running top ten yesterday at Atlanta. One of the hardest smile I would and a half. Say zone. he made. I don't. I just like that's something that's probably completely foreign to him. You know where he came up, the 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 path he took. You know, a lot of guys haven't been on dirt, but I feel like he come. You know, he come from a completely different world, being down there. In Mexico, like I don't know that they have even have dirt tracks down there. I don't Como know. Como say I no good at dirt track racing. <laughs> That's not gonna work. Um, nice try. <laughs> but you know, he would be one that maybe jumps out at me. Um, but I think I th- and we see this a lot with road courses. These guys adapt. Like they're still the best, some of the best drivers in the world. So even though we bring in road course ringers, like yes, I'm, I'm friends with Wyndham, Stuart Friesen, like all these guys, they're still not in very good equipment. So, you know, you have to temper your expectations. I think Chris Wyndham's probably one of the best dirt racers in the country, but he's yeah. driving a Rick Ware car. Yeah. So Give me Davenport in a great car. Yeah, like, yeah. so you know what I mean? And but even this is it, a difference, though. If they're good, I saw the, the what's the kid that ran, Eldora ran. Bobby Pierce. Yeah, he, he was in a garbage yeah. truck. I wouldn't say it was garbage, but Dude, it, it was a it was, it was a, a Mittler Brothers. So TJ, which it was one? A Mittler Brothers which, truck. So who which, is mean, it? Which Cup drivers do you think struggles? I, I could see, but they're going to figure it out, like Freddie said. In the beginning, I could see guys like maybe Harvick. I don't know what his dirt racing background is, but he's been a short tracker to me, an asphalt short tracker. That's where he came up to the Chuck Series, and I could see, but. Like Harvick's really good though, so I, to me he'll struggle in the beginning, but I think he'll figure it out. Maybe um I don't know what like maybe Blaney's background, he didn't he never ran, I don't think he ever ran any yeah dirt, so. I mean yeah, I think he has Chase since, Elliott but, Amarola and there's a bunch but of them, Chase, right? has Chase has been, been running dirt Chase has but been he, trying it though but he started yeah yeah but these guys are uh, like yeah maybe Eric guys like that that shoot I don't know they were like even Joey doesn't have a dirt background, but he's been doing a lot of that drifting stuff, and he's actually been going racing, race at Volusia, race at El, or uh, Bristol as well. So, yeah, um, I think Chase is going to do really well because I mean he was when you were in for Chad and at Ocala, his he won his heat race. Yeah, these guys adapt. Like you, they're going to figure it yeah. out. You go. We went to you know Eldora for that first truck race, and Bubba like 
he's like, I'm going to be terrible. You know what I mean? He's like, I've never, I've never even made a lap on dirt. This is going to be awful. And he ran top five. You know what I mean? These guys get out there. If they're good, you know, they're talented race car drivers. They're going to get out there and figure it out. And they're, and, and, and now like with TJ, practice, they're going to be yeah, fine. Like TJ said, like it's a long race. They'll probably, by the end, yeah, there's going to be guys that you probably wouldn't expect. How many laps do we can, run under caution? Out of oh, 250. 75, maybe more. More than that. So remember when you said you made dinner, you played baseball, like get ready. You can probably watch a few movies. So over under is 75 so, on look, caution. What laps. I'd be interested to I'd see say 75 is 75 to 100. That's not a, that you can't give a range. You got to pick a number. Vegas <laughs> right. doesn't give ranges at go over 75. Do you think they do more red flags because of like, it's kind of, I mean, it's going to be tough to get some things out of the cars out of the way. Uh, there's going to be a parking lot a couple times. Yeah, yeah right. but I feel like they're eventually going to be like, this guy, the guys are going to be like, all right, well, I'm not that good as I'm just going to ride around here. And then, because this, this, this could else, turn right? into a demolition derby. It could. I've it could go Matt, either way. I've seen Matt Craft still some amazing finishes at Eldora. With no dirt oh, background yeah. and just standing, he well, literally drove it like Martinsville, right no, around the bottom. Matt's got a little bit of a dirt. He's been racing his. He's got a modified he's had for a handful of years now. So, where do you see? Like I watched Kyle run. Kyle was good in that late model, man. Like Kyle was fine. Like he looked. He the, moved around. The best part about the late. So, oh man, I forgot we wanted to talk about this. I can't find the odds on who's going to be right. Uh, how name. about so? How about no spotters? Obviously, dirt track racing. So Kyle Larson. I'm oh, not Kyle Larson. Kyle Bush. The night Fergie won. I don't know what night that was. Chris Ferguson, shout out Friday to night. Uh, Friday night. Ferguson's leading, checked out. Kyle got into the race through the last B-main, chance, yeah. B main, whatever. And Ferguson gets to go underneath him, and Lars, uh, Kyle Larson, Kyle Bush turns down to the side of him and runs into the side of the leader. And I felt like saying, damn these lap cars. I mean, it won't get out of the fucking way. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, it was funny just to see that happen. The shoe be on the other foot where Kyle's the guy getting chased now, but. It'll be interesting. Like I said, I hope I'm I hope I'm proved wrong. But I honestly the, I think it's gonna be a cluster, but I think it's gonna be a positive event. I think the for I think the format just should have been tweaked. I think I said it on here a while ago. Like it should have been run the like two dual races where they're fifty, seventy five laps, take the top ten out of each, then run you another seventy five lap race. Shoot, how about like twenty? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. All right, guys. Next up after our break will be arguably the most distinguished guest we've ever had on a show. Uh, Mike Joy's coming to Door Bumper Clear here in a few minutes. Uh, we're going to talk about his tweets, where he tweeted after an incident a couple weeks ago regarding David Starr and Noah Gragson at Homestead, where we thought Noah was going to win the race. He tweeted, first, I heard David Starr on the morning drive this morning. Great interview, very well spoken, illustrating the challenges underfunding teams face everywhere. I liked he wasn't personally mad at his accuser, but was upset for his team and all their hard work and sacrifice being disrespected. Then a whopping nine minutes later, Mike Joyce sent out another tweet that said, our sport has always had funded drivers, but it's time, it's high time a few of these privileged kids powered by daddy's pile of cash realize this whole sport doesn't just exist to make their dreams come true. Take some time to learn from those who've worked their way to the top. The three of us... TJ, Freddie, and myself all believe that Mike Joy sent that tweet out regarding Noah Gragson. Mike has refuted that. We're going to give him a chance to do it live on this show. As we mentioned last week, we have an amazing new sponsor of our Door Bumper Clear podcast, RacingUSA.com. Man, RacingUSA.com is Google's top-rated source for NASCAR merchandise, They've got a wide assortment of driver diecast hats, apparel, helmets, and novelties for the sports 
most popular drivers. For example, RacingUSA.com currently has more than 500 different collectible diecast cars available for 37 different drivers, including this weekend's winner, Ryan Blaney. RacingUSA.com is truly unique. They automatically discount items in your cart so you get the best price. They offer free upgrades to expedite shipping. They guarantee the lowest pre-order prices. They ship all in-stock orders the next business day. And as an added bonus, you can enter to win this month's $200 gift card. So whenever you want something new to show your support for your favorite driver, shop RacingUSA.com, America's online headquarters for NASCAR merchandise for more than 20 years. As promised, we are bringing on, and Mike, I, I kind of preface this before you got on here. You are arguably, and we've had some big names on this show, man, going outside of the sport, Blake Shelton, inside of the sport, all the big names. You're probably the most distinguished guest we've ever had on this show. So welcome to Door Bumper Clear. Well, thank you. I'm glad you didn't see extinguished. I'm sure that's in the near future, but, uh, <laughs> but I'll take it. Thank, no, thank you. Appreciate that. Hey, uh, so so I got to ask you before we dive into all this fun stuff, man, you guys have you've had a lot of talent around you through the years in the booth. Uh, I spent a lot of time being Clint Boyer's friend before becoming his spotter for the last eight years of his Cup Series career. What has he been like in the booth working with? And even more so, what's he been like when you guys are out of the booth and in those meetings you guys do? Brent, I'm sure it's no different uh, than the entire, you know, length and term of your friendship. You know, Clint is uh, a unique personality, and all of that comes through, whether it's in the meetings, whether, you know, we're sitting around at a distance having, or, or even on Zoom having a meeting like this one, and especially on the air. He's just, uh, I think unfiltered would probably be the best description of Clint Boyer. And we saw this... Uh, you know, we've known it for a long time, uh, interviewing him and, you know, interactions with him. I would do some sweet appearances with him for Sunoco and other clients. And he's he's just terrific. He's just a natural entertainer without even trying. So when we got on iRacing last year, when NASCAR had to shut down because of the, the pandemic, um, he was just that way in the race car. He, he had a big crash in iRacing. And I remember going, Clint, what happened? And he goes, my give a damn broke. <laughs> and when he said that, everybody out in L.A. went, whoa, you know, how do we harness this? How do we, how do we bring this together? And you know the rest of the story is, as the season wound down last year and Clint weighed his options of what he was going to do this year, Fox presented him with a very attractive one. And he decided, you know, uh, now's the time. Let's do this. And we're having as much fun as you can imagine we are. You've been blessed this year, Mike, with a lot of good races. Now, I would say yesterday may have been probably more one of the more snooze fest of races on the Cup side. But, but, but leading into yesterday, I mean, has the Cup racing been any better to start the season than what you can remember? Well, you know, Fox has heavily promoted this as the best season ever. I did not come up with that tagline, and I've got to be honest: at the start of the season, I'm not sure I endorsed it, uh, but now I do. My goodness. So so let's say we're in the offseason and, and you're at the sports book in Vegas and they offer a, a prop bet that William Byron would be the first Hendrick driver to win this year, that Christopher Bell would be the first Gibbs driver, uh, you know, to win this year and and so on. Um, you, 
you wouldn't have placed that bet. You know, I don't, I don't know uh, of, of anybody, anybody that would, but my gosh, look, you know, look at the season that we've had uh, to start this far that, uh, that Ryan Blaney would be the first Penske driver to win this year, you know, or that Michael McDowell would win the Daytona 500. Nobody took that bet. So for unpredictability, fantastic. At the end of stage one last week, Jeff Gordon admonished Kyle Larson on the radio. He said, have a great time out there. But Jeff essentially said, don't stink up the show. And, and Kyle goes, yeah, okay. You know, so message delivered, not acknowledged. He went out and uh, he did what Kyle Larson does. Yeah. And he had a great race right up until the closing. And like, like Jeff said on the air, he said, that's why it's never over till it's over. You know, it's, it's who leads the last lap. And here comes Ryan Blaney. And we've got another shocker, another surprise. So I don't know if it's going to be the best season ever, but I, I, I do think two things have established themselves as trends. There is no clear favorite, not any week. And two, somebody who has a win might not be in at the end of the regular season because I think it's a very real possibility. If you look at how many of the usual suspects, we call them, that have not won, that are going to win, we could have 16 winners or more at the end of the regular season. For sure. It's almost like NASCAR was five years too early in their marketing campaign when they were pushing all those young guys on us because I'll never forget guys like Harvick, guys like Clint, guys like even Dale Jr., they were mad because the whole push in the, in the ad campaigns for you guys was all about Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, Bubba Wallace, William Byron, and now here they are. They're winning the races, and, and to be honest with you, the 40-somethings, they're not. No, that's true. And, and, and you know, you're right. Those fellows had a right to be mad. They were the established stars of the sport. And I think when Fox developed that campaign, it was, all right, you know these drivers. You know these proven winners. So here's who's next, and you better tune in and see how they do because, because they're coming, and you're right. Now they're here. Good deal. Well, we're going to jump into something that, that kind of – look, man, nobody's ever made our show two weeks in a row. You made our show the first week <laughs> with your tweet where where we thought uh, – the three of us said point blank, Mike Joy is sending out this tweet about Noah Gragson, and you said you weren't. And then last year, we disagreed with you again. We said, no, no, you're not. Freddie actually said you were full of <laughs> which I thought your tweet there was awesome where you said it's not very often <laughs> that, that I get handed a statement that I'm full of so, Freddie, congratulations on winning that contest. But in 140 characters, it's a lot. It's difficult, Mike, to sum up kind of what you're thinking. Tell us ultimately what you were talking about with that tweet where you essentially said our sports always had funded drivers. It's always had daddy's money. and But you weren't, quote, talking just about Noah. No, I wasn't. And, and I, th I really think that's an important distinction. So let me go way back. Peanuts the comic strip, Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown was a huge baseball fan. And in the comic strip, his favorite player was Joe Slobotnik. You've never heard of Joe Slobotnik? No. Well, nobody has because Charles Schultz, who wrote Peanuts, invented him, made him up. And he made him up because he wanted everybody who read the comic strip to think of it in terms of they are Charlie Brown and they have a favorite player and imprint what was what was being laid out in the comic strip on their own lives and on their own favorites. If you'd named one real player, then it would have been just about that player. And, and Charles Schultz wanted it to be about everybody. So and no, I wasn't thinking of that when I typed that. But 
but that's kind of the, the genesis of the whole thing. This this whole uh, this whole tweet, and I don't often call people out on Twitter or groups of people, but this goes back one maybe two years. Seeing the actions of young people coming into the top levels of this sport, and they are prepared to race at that level. They have the talent, they have the skills, they have the experience. They're ready to race. Their attitude is not prepared to race at this level and and to be a star of the sport. And I I kept seeing just more and more instances of young funded drivers just not behaving well. And I don't mean being vanilla because I'm, you know, I like Rocky Road. Okay. I'm, I'm not for vanilla, but I want these fellows coming into the sport and girls to appreciate what it's taken to get all of us here, this entire sport. Um, I remember, and I'm sure some of you do, I remember waking up on a creeper in a cold garage with a wrench in my hand and banging my head on the cross member, falling asleep, working on the race car, trying to get it ready for that weekend. You know, it's it, it's a common thread, but it's not a common thread anymore. So this season, a couple of instances happened. Um, Ty Gibbs at Daytona made some comments post-race that were just really pretty inappropriate. Um, and he apologized for them the week later. Noah went and did the same thing. So... In putting out that tweet, the first thing and what really triggered it was I listened to David Starr's interview on uh, Sirius XM radio. And, you know, David is, is, let's say he's in the twilight of his driving career, but he has a great respect for how this sport was built, what it takes to make it. And most importantly, how hard his guys work, you know, to get his car, his truck to the racetrack every week and get it on track and get it competitive. He certainly didn't appreciate those comments, but not not for him. He said he was he was upset for his crew and how hard they work. And that 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 really tipped it. So my first post was congratulating David Starr for his attitude and for his interview and for putting that into perspective. And I started the next tweet as you said by saying, "We've always had funded drivers." You go back to uh, you go back to Marty Robbins. You go back to, I mean, there's a lot of fellows that we can name that came into the sport with a checkbook or with a sponsor or with somebody else's money or family money to find out if they had any talent. And money will get you a good ride. It'll get you a really good ride, but it won't get you in the winner's circle. That takes that takes a lot of talent. Uh, Noah Gregson has a lot of talent, but he peppers his interviews, including yesterday, with, with things that just don't just don't need to be there. Um, so that's why I tweeted what I tweeted and I did not ascribe it to any one driver, including Noah, because what I wanted people who read that tweet to do was to take that situation and apply it to drivers that they thought of. And for a week, there was a lively discussion on Twitter. I think at, at one time, um, that tweet was trending number two in the United States. Um, it was just to, just behind R.I.P. Eddie, and I don't—I still don't know who Eddie was. And number three was Senate Democrats. So I figured that's a pretty good day if, if we're getting if we're getting that kind of attention on Twitter. And people were talking about all kinds of drivers. Yes, they were talking about Noah. They're talking about Ty, and they're talking about all kinds of drivers, including some drivers that I didn't even know 
you know, we're funded or, you know, whose grandfather invented so-and-so and, you know, put some money into racing. So that was the discussion that I wanted. I did not feel it was fair for me to use that forum to point the finger at any one driver. So, you know, then, uh, then, we, then let's come to week two. And uh, you're saying I'm full of it, Freddie. Now, I can't quote you directly because if I do that, it becomes an internet meeting for the next 30, 40 years, um, uh, like you're going to have to. So, <laughs> And that's okay. Still, you know, why call them out? What good does that do? Because, yes, everybody knows who the people are we're talking about. And, again, it's not just one driver. It's a number of drivers. Um and, and so that's why I said what I said. And I wanted to clear the air, wanted you guys to understand how that set of tweets came about. Uh, the last tweet in that group was about Davey Allison. You know, when Davey wanted to race, Bobby said, yes, I'll, I'll put you in a car. We'll put you in a good car. Uh, but first, he had Davey in the shop every day with a broom. And then he graduated to a parts disassembler. And then he became an assembler. And then finally, he became a fabricator. So that once he got out on the racetrack, he'd know what he had because he helped to build it and he'd know everything that went into it. And that that I think was a, a, a very wise move on on Bobby's part. And you all know the kind of driver that Davey Allison grew in, grew into being. So that's uh, I don't know. I've talked too long about this, but I think <laughs> I think that kind of brings it. I think it kind of brings it full circle. And, uh, you know, I think it's great that, that you fellows brought attention to it because it just means that more people. You know, we're looking at the issue and, and looking at uh, at the situation. So so where I came from last week was, you know, there's no such thing as a wrong opinion. I didn't, people don't understand right. that on Twitter. You know, you can, you can post your opinion, and then we're going to talk about it. And obviously, we've got to be on both sides of it. You know this being in the, in the business you're in. You've got to have the devil's advocate. We're, we're going to talk about it. To bring attention to our show, just like you're gonna, you know, talk about it, bring set, you know, attention to your stuff, and and my foolish comment came from, you know, it's not about Noah, which it is about Noah, you know, it's about Noah and encompassing many other people. I'm glad you brought up Ty Gibbs because that was gonna be my example too, especially the Daytona interview, and he had an interview last year, I think at Phoenix, that was really similar. Um, Sam Mayer is another guy that's had some questionable interviews, but like the series of events. You know the, the the David Starr tweet. Eight minutes later, this tweet. It was it was at least inspired by Noah. You know, in that situation, I felt like, and that was kind of where I was coming from with the. If it, it might not be directly about Noah, but it is definitely directly related to Noah. Sure, it was, but but as I said, Freddie, I wasn't calling out any one driver. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, yeah. I, I think we there's, all. There's plenty to go around. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. There's definitely an our deal here. One thing I wanted to ask you though. Outside from that, and listen, I don't know you guys even know this, but like where I come from, Modified Racing, Thompson, Stafford, Mike Joy is a damn local hero. So it almost pained me to say he was full of <laughs> last week. But I also grew up. Oh, oh Freddie, Freddie, I can't see because I can only see your back. Is that a boss in your shirt? Yeah, yeah. So that's what I was getting ready to okay. say. I'm from I'm from the Long Island gang. I grew up with Tommy Baldwin. So, you know, I kind of I don't have a choice but to speak my mind at times. But, uh, you know, and I'm a huge Modified guy. So in that in that aspect, what what is there a fix? Is there a fix where it's not so related on the guys that have the funding? Is there is there a path for a Justin Bonsignor? Is there a path for, you know, I don't know, Stephen Nassi? Like, if they don't have the money, like Ty Majeski is another guy that goes out and wins all these races, but they can't get the funding. Like, how do we fix that? How do we how do we get it back to the talent? There there is a pass. 
Um, there is, because I think we all realize you have to have funding to make it in racing. It, it costs a lot of money to put a street stock, a hobby stock on the track at your local track. And, you know, back when we all grew up, all you needed was access to a garage, maybe a lift, you know, a jack, a welder, tools, and a couple of friends. And, uh, and you could go racing. Uh, but, you know, it's not that way anymore. There are a lot of drivers in our sport at the top level who did not come in with funding. And, uh, but somebody had to believe in them. Uh, best case, seven time, Jimmy Johnson. You know, Jimmy's dad drove uh, heavy construction equipment. His mom drove a school bus. Uh, they poured everything into his racing motocross. Denny Hamlin, his, their par- his parents mortgaged their house, I think, twice to advance his racing career, you know, at great risk to, uh, to themselves. But somebody believed in them. In Jimmy's case, it was Herb Fischel who ran the racing program at Chevrolet. And he pushed Jimmy Johnson on any team owner who would listen to the pitch and promised support. And we all know how that worked out. So there's got to be money somewhere. It, and it doesn't have to be family money, but, but you're right. We don't need to say it's a bad thing for somebody to come from family money and invest it in their racing career, because that's more the norm now than it is the exception. Um, So, yes, give those kids a pass, but give them a pass if they come into this sport, if they race people with respect, whether even if they're aggressive, as long as they respect the sport and the people in it. And don't get out of the car and say, so-and-so doesn't need to be there. And don't end your interview like Noah did this weekend by saying, well, he ought to be upset talking about Daniel Hemrick. You know, with all the problems he's had with his career and how he's ended up, he said, you don't need to do that. Uh, race people hard, but but we, leave a lot of it. We talked about that earlier in the show, and it was I said I said he can't help himself. Like, and listen, by no means, I know it seemed like I was sticking up for Noah in this situation, but that, that by no means do I defend Noah Graxon. He says and does a lot of dumb stuff on and off the racetrack, but you could see it in his. I was talking yesterday. Uh, I was talking earlier. You could see it. Like he was getting. You could see he was getting ready to say something stupid. Like the interview was over. I thought it was. I thought it went fairly well. And then you could just see it, and you're like, "Oh God, he's getting ready to do it." And then he makes a comment about his resume. You know, Noah. I, he's like I said on the show earlier. He's probably first ballot Hall of Famer, I guess. But um, you know, like just just. That's the attitude. That's where these guys – I see it more in the post-race interviews. That's where the Ty Gibbs thing came. Like, you get a bad taste in your mouth from some of these guys just because of the way they act and talk on the in, – in an interview after interview situation after the race more so than things they do on the racetrack. Well, now, and there's a big risk in that. And uh, the way I see that, I mean, you know, when I raced, the people that I respected on and off the racetrack – and the people, of course, you know, the, the, that were my friends and that were part of our group, I wouldn't just wave them by. I wouldn't move offline to, to give them the corner, but I wouldn't hold them up either. But if I looked up in the mirror and I saw somebody coming and we had a history, and whether it was something that happened on the track or something that happened off the track, I wouldn't be in any rush to let them by. And, and 
you build up those relationships, positive and negative, you build up enough negative ones, you're going to have a hard time winning races. Denny Hamlin tweeted, Mike, right after Daniel Hemrick and, and Noah had the run-in on pit road where Noah backed his car unintentionally, according to Noah, into Hemrick's car, and it said, where's Mike Joy when you need him? We know how you <laughs> feel about the interview after the race. How did you feel about that scenario, watching it play out? Where, where do you think – Noah's head was. Do you think he literally missed his pit box and was trying to figure out how to get back in it, or do you think there was some uh, malicious intent there? Oh, gosh. How long have you got? <laughs> we got all day. Here's, We're a podcast. <laughs> no, no. Um, I think both drivers had a right to be upset. But both drivers didn't realize the difficulty the other driver was facing. Noah did not know that the car in the pit behind Daniel was trying to exit so that he had to overshoot his pit. He was already committed into the box, but he had to stay out of that car's way to keep from being hit and had to back up. So here comes Noah and Daniel's in his pit. Noah didn't know why. Made a bad assumption. He assumed it was on purpose. Okay. Daniel gets back in his pit. From the view on TV, from the high camera, it looks like Noah backs straight into Dan. And because of Noah's history, you might think it was deliberate. Uh, Noah tweeted out about four hours later, the video from their high camera over the pit stall. And it clearly showed that his tires were out of the box when he stopped, that he had to back up and maneuver to be able to get into his box with at least the right front tire in there, so it would be a legal pit stop. Daniel didn't know that. Who among us has not parked by the Braille method? <laughs> Parallel parking. You pull into the spot, you back up till you touch bumpers. That's why they call them bumpers. And then you get in your spot. So looking at the overhead video, you can see Noah's wheels are turned. He is trying to maneuver to get to, into his box, and he needs to back up as far as he can. He bangs into Hemrick's car. Uh, I'm inclined to say no harm, no foul on either driver for what they did on the racetrack. They're, the explanation made sense to me. It made sense to NASCAR. Scott Miller said there will be no penalty for what happened there. Um, so then Noah pulls in his box and stops, and as Daniel says, Noah flips him off. <laughs> right then and there so uh you know that didn't help matters and in the interview afterwards that didn't help anything either uh, but for what happened right there on the racetrack yeah it was an unfortunate incident uh it had outlying causes and effects and neither driver understood what the other driver was going through at the time so you know let it be let's go racing all right last thing before we we let you go thanks for coming on mike we really appreciate it we're going to bristol we're going dirt track racing it's been 51 years you've seen a lot of different errors in this sport tell us something about bristol because i heard you guys yesterday do a segment on how unpredictable it's going to be and, and i and i agree with you to some extent to some extent i don't tell us something that we're not looking at going into this weekend that we should be and something we should be talking about that we're not talking about I think how hard it is to adapt these cars to dirt. Now the truck series has done a real good job of it uh, with Eldora. Uh, and you know, they're, they're going to go out to Iowa uh, to Knoxville this year uh, with the trucks. So that's, that's really worked out pretty well. 
Back in the, in the 1960s and into 1970, which was the last dirt race, they didn't have special dirt cars either. Teams used their, they had one car or one car and a backup, and that's what they raced pretty much everywhere. Those cars had an awful lot more ground clearance. They had an awful lot more suspension travel, and they were probably a lot more adaptable uh, to, to running on a, on a different surface. These cars... They are not, not so much. They are purpose-built to be sucked down and glued down to a paved racetrack or a concrete racetrack. Um, so I think that's going to be the biggest thing is, is who adapts it and who does it best. The second biggest thing uh, is going to be uh, how many tear-offs are you guys wearing up on the roof? You know, <laughs> is, Are we going to have a tacky track? Are we going to have a dusty track? Are you going to be able to see? Um, I remember a, a, a dirt midget race at the Pontiac Silverdome in the 70s. And after the second heat, if you were seated anywhere above about row six, you couldn't see. It was just a cloud of smoke and dust. And it was uh, was very, very difficult. So uh, I think one thing we haven't, we haven't talked about, I haven't looked at, is how hard a job it's going to be for the spotters if this track gets dusty. I agree. We probably need to ask for a raise if we go back. <laughs> Chad, Chad has some extra... Uh, Extra tear-offs at the shop if you guys need it. Goggles too. with tear-offs. I like it. <laughs> Most of our guys don't listen to us anyway, so we don't need to see anything. <laughs> Mike, we uh, appreciate you coming on giving your viewpoint. For what it's worth, I think Freddie's full of <laughs> so I think uh, the score's <laughs> one-to-one. I'm always full of <laughs> This was the first time I thought Mike was. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right, so like I, like I asked in that tweet, are you sorry or am I full of it? <laughs> I'm up. You're still full of it, but I'm sorry I said it. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it, and I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, Mike. We interrupt this Door Bumper Clear podcast to give you this great, important message from Filter Time. So Blake came to me and said, hey, I want to start this company. He was just getting out of the race car. And he said, I want. I was wondering if you'd help me uh, you know, promote it so on social media and so forth. And I was like, all right. So he told me the story. He's like, man, I was going to go to the store and buy some air filters. And I ended up going to the store and buying about $150 worth of stuff and no air filters. I got home and I didn't even have what I went to go for. I think it's uh, never a bad time for people to get on board with this thing. You never have to think about you know buying filters again they come to you it just takes all of the work yep. right out of it they'll tell them how they can get to it well first off i think it's important that, you know they're made in north carolina everything that we everything to do with our filters is made locally there's no contracts uh you can cancel anytime free shipping um there's no fees it, it's a reminder man as soon as the box shows up on the door you just go change the filter takes two minutes and and put the dirty filters in the box and in the trash and you're good to go and you don't have to worry about your hvac system having issues over the summertime trying to run through a dirty filter go to filtertime.com slash dale jr all right filtertime.com slash dale jr uh and first time customers can get 20 percent off their first order And it's time for Reaction Theater, which I think over under how many calls are going to be about Joey and TJ. Where's the puke? All of them. All Everyone. Of them. Puke, mm-hmm. Jason. All Ready, right. first one. Hey, fellas. Freddie. You all right? Brett, I don't know what the f- wrong with you. 
But TJ, why do you sound like you just smoke the fattest doobie every time you go <laughs> talk? You explain something. Uh, you know, uh, we, uh, you know, we raised. Uh, 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 I mean, good God, speak, son, t -t today, Junior. I mean, well, I feel uh, like Joey blocked people so damn late. Uh, you got a car uh, uh, out, <laughs> outside. Oh, oh, damn! We just wrecked the whole field. I mean, come on, outside, I like, I like outside, thinking, door, Austin. bumper, clear. I talk pretty fast when I'm spotting, so uh, that's a terrible uh, call in. You can like join it. TJ's fan club at www.tjsfanclub.com. Next one. All right, Freaky Freddy Craft, you want to piss and moan about people staying in line before the start finish line? Well, tell your boy, old Jeb Burton, to not go three wide and wash old Jeremy up into the fence at Atlanta. Yeah, you no spotting son of a. <laughs> <laughs> he did go three wide for the start finish line, by the way. Not Ooh. us. The one did. The one did. One did. Yeah. Uh, not us. Ah, uh, that was good. I told Jeb before the race to stay out of the middle. Freddie, Freddie will uh, agree to that. Real quick, Jeb, stop scrubbing your tires at Atlanta under the. What an legs. idiot! I was going nuts. That, you should have seen that, Freddie's phone blowing up for me. That's I'm like, he's my one idiot his, moment. He's right going to wear his tires out he before just he goes tweeted green. He can't wait to listen. So Jeb. Yeah, Atlanta. You just scrubbed four laps off your tires. Yeah, he should see the text messages I sent to Freddie and Chris Rice. <laughs> Next one, TJ and Logano. Thirteen years he's been up races, so I'm giving a slow clap to you, TJ. I appreciate it. Here's your slow clap back. Anthony Alfredo is a idiot. <laughs> Don't know if you guys saw the tiny bit before he got the pit road backwards. But he was all over the track. Thought he was wrecking. Instead, he was just pitting. Anyway, he's a fucking <laughs> idiot. He needs to be somewhere else. Maybe go cards. <laughs> Ryan Ryan Flores had the best tweet of the day. I said, I think his controller broke. <laughs> Disconnected. <laughs> Disconnected. Disconnected. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Next one. Uh, Stone. We just watched uh, Joey Logano block Kyle Larson for about 25 laps. And then as soon as Blaney took the lead, uh, seemed to just get out of the way all of a sudden like he didn't care to be on the lead lap anymore uh your analysis um i'm gonna say that's a little bit of a penske racing but uh you know it is what it is sometimes hey penske racing you heard it here first thanks tj love you get <laughs> you can't block somebody that doesn't get to you <laughs> second of all there was other like he could have put the nine new a lap down early and rode behind him for about 15 laps so next one Freddie, I hope, uh, you know, I, mad respect for you uh, being with Bubba all these years. I hope you guys win some races. But can we cut the Denny Hamlin love fest on here? I mean, I can't stand that guy. And all you do is get on here and just, you know, stroke him off. Ever since he ran over Chase at Martinsville, that guy Freddie. can kick rocks. I, I, I'm tired of hearing it. What did he just say at the end of that? Kick rocks. Oh, I thought he something else. Okay. <laughs> well, bud, you got about six more months of me doing it at least. <laughs> And then we'll try we'll try to start all over again. Unless you get fired. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Well, yeah, I could get fired anytime now. <laughs> oh, another Joey call. Well, hot damn. Joey and TJ finally helped a teammate instead of wrecking them. Woo, woo. Go Blaney. <laughs> Last I checked, we were leading. Another Joey. Imagine What's going that? on, TJ? Way to f*** up another race, you stupid <laughs> son of a 
Seriously, why does Joey and <laughs> you always you feel like f***ing up every race possible? Maybe Ooh. if you were actually at the front instead of running in the back with the f***ing has <laughs> maybe this wouldn't have happened. <laughs> f*** you. Yeah, I mean, Harvick run around him all day. That's a has-been. Does, yeah. does Joey listen to all of these? There's no chance. There's no chance, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, but you, once again, you got to get to somebody to block him. He can never get there, so. I guess TJ got so tired of hearing every week about how quickly Larson figured out these mile and a half that he decided he needed to take things into his own hands and have Logano three laps down block him for the race win. What an idiot. I got to say that the idiots, the idiots are the people that think we were blocking. So, Do these people tweet you the way they talk to you on I, here? I don't read Twitter after the races anymore. <laughs> Probably a good idea. Your blocking yeah, list even. would be longer than Brett's. I mean, you, you can't run your own line and block somebody that can't move to a five-lane wide racetrack. Yeah. So <laughs> we've done our fair. Now, you want to talk about Kansas? Yeah, we blocked our asses off, so, but we won the race. These people are harsh. Yeah, they're just mad because their boy didn't win. I and, just hope Bubba don't f*** the leader up anywhere because I don't want to listen to this sh- <laughs> if your guy doesn't win, I realize there's a lot of people pulling for Kyle Larson. He's fast, man, but we all run our own races. I think that they're pulling against you more than they're pulling for Kyle Larson. <laughs> that, that, that could be the- <laughs> anybody, but well, that's fine because you know what happens if they pull against you. You've done some other stuff right, more than likely. So what we got, Jace? Somebody once told me that Jason's gonna go work on the Dale Jr. download. Cause Dillner's looking kinda dumb with a finger and a thumb pointing at a map of a lost track. Well, the pods start coming and they don't stop coming. Spotted to the roof and hit the ground running. Didn't make sense just to work for one. Jason's brain was smart, but his head was dumb. So much to do, so much to see. So what's wrong with DBC? You'll never know if you go, Woo, you'll always be a donkey. Woo, hey now, Jason, drink a White Claw Schultz. Hey now, Jason, got a message for you. Get out of Dillner's ass. <laughs> Only DBC breaks oh the mold. It's the best song ever. <laughs> we are sending this person some. Yeah. Jason, get their information. She, she has an incredible oh voice. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that hey. was, that might have been the best one. That, that's the best song that hey, we've ever had. You? I've had some good songs saying about me. But holy cow. <laughs> that so, was a lot of work. That was really no, good. Peyton, can you do our new uh, intro song, yeah, too? Oh we, that might just be, No, just make that, that our new intro <laughs> song. Peyton, can you please tweet me? Yeah. You are yeah. amazing. Like, Thank you. Get out of deal. <laughs> I'm uh, going to sing thinking, that all day. <laughs> I'm expecting a song every week at this point. Nah, this is this one's good for oh, a year. You can't beat that one. I don't know if you can yeah. beat that It's like get you can't remake, can't remake a classic. That's all I hear. <laughs> <laughs> all right, last one. Oh, my. <laughs> hey, this message is for Brett. Uh, just want to let you know that you have to be the smartest spotter ever to stand up on top of a roof. Just wanted to let you know that. Maybe some of that can rub off on TJ and Freddie, but I kind of <laughs> doubt it. Thanks. As if Brett's Thanks, head Greg. wasn't big enough as it is. Greg, I'll send you He's not even brother. on the roof right now. That was actually my brother, hey, Tony. Hey, you did a much better job disguising your voice this <laughs> I know, I'm much better. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. <laughs> was that a wheel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> Sounds like Delbert. Oh, this might have been oh, Peyton. You won, but Peyton, yeah. this this was the best reaction theater yet. Oh, uh, Greg, you won. Don't in my forget heart. to. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> if you think you have some better messages than this one, please leave an audio message 24 seven by going to anchor.fm backslash door bumper clear and click the message icon. Cannot wait to hear the next one. I actually, this week, can't wait because this is going to be a shit show and our fans are going to go nuts. I can't wait. I'm, I'm excited for it. Let's, ready to go. Offer pad, question of the week. What is in your garage and do you use it to park cars or is it a place to work or hang out in as well? Freddie. Uh, Megan parks her car in there and... It doubles as a frat house bar for certain Super Bowl Sunday, a couple of other events. Uh, but yeah, just really just park Megan's car. She's got a little workout area set up in there. Obviously, I don't use it. Yeah, she she <laughs> so. backed her car out of the garage one time and hit my car that I sold Freddie. <laughs> yeah. What an that idiot. had been sitting there for three weeks. Yeah. She's backed out and hit Bertha. Bertha was my car. And Megan's name. got just, every bell and whistle you could ever imagine. She's got a Jeep, and it's just like when I get in it, it's bells, bing, 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 bing. Maybe, you know, maybe Noah up. Gregson watches Megan back out of the garage. <laughs> that's that's that, where he that's got That's what it, from. it looked like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my garage, I got a three-bay garage, and it's usually used to store my furniture from downstairs when we have to move everything out to replace all the floors. <laughs> There's a nice house. fish tank in there. Uh, yeah, 220-gallon <laughs> saltwater tank in my garage. Uh, right now, it's full of fishing poles, golf cart, Tons of scooters. We got those fat scooters, spelled P-H-A-T. They got real wide tires. Um, a must-have for anybody that lives in the neighborhood. Scooters, huh? Yeah, man, you can go off-road with them. You can drive them in the neighborhood. You drive them on the sidewalk. Uh, we use them to go back and forth to the pool. So right now my garage is mainly to store uh, toys. Brett's got the only three-car garage in the country that's never had a car in it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. It's just a product of life. Um, I got Tool bench in there, work tools, to- kid toys, car, car charger, scooters, uh, a little bit of everything in my garage, but it's well organized majority of the time. I can't stand when I come home and there's toys laying all out over the place and stuff. I'm very organized and I don't like clutter. I want to take my garage and put like part of it, make it kind of like a, a TV view and bar area because, again, I mean, we don't use it as a quote garage. Um, but there's too many Amazon boxes that show up every single day for me to be able to really do that. Either that or you had furniture in there forever. You guys oh. were recycling oh, yeah. furniture. Yeah, we're we're going to be a furniture restoration family. <laughs> when you swap out your casting couches. Yeah. And the next thing you know, we're in the, we're in the makeup business. And then we're sell- now we're selling these beads that I'm wearing. My sister's selling these beads. They help. I don't know what they help you do, but they're expensive. Uh, I'd love for you guys to Whatever they're supposed her. to do, they don't Remember work the balance? on you. Well, you just told us Remember the balance bands? So. Remember the yeah. balance wristbands that were yeah. supposed to help you make your balance better? Yeah, these are way better than that. Do yeah. they help your balance? I don't know what they help, but they're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. I don't know what they're supposed to help, but they're broken when you yeah. wear them. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Austin, the caller, would like one. Yeah. He seems chill and high. <gasps> it's time to get into our Xfinity X5 more than fast moments from this week. Just like Xfinity X5, it takes more than speed to compete in NASCAR. So where did you see moments of teamwork, close calls, and solid communication this week? Brett. Hands down, 
the more the fast moment. Noah Gragson and A.J. Amendinger's teams rebounding after making huge repairs to their cars. I mean, these guys had the right side torn off their cars, and here they come flying up through there to get top fives. I mean, that was impressive, but I don't know how you can go against Ryan Blaney running Kyle Larson down from I don't know how many seconds back in that race. I know TJ was aiding in that process a little bit, but – uh, I, I just the, nope. the way Blaney took care of his tires and 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 closed that race out was incredible to me. What do you think, TJ? Yeah, I got to go with uh, Justin Allgaier holding out the fastest car, Martin Truex Jr. to win the Xfinity race. Um, that he, was impressive. That was, I thought Justin was beat, man, but he got there and zero mistakes and great drive. And Justin's had a lot of bad luck, so congrats to them guys for getting it done and getting the checker flag. Here on Door Bumper Clear, it's always about being more than fast. And I'll tell you what, man, Ryan Blaney was more than fast this weekend as he went by and checked out on dominating race runner all day Kyle Larson. So it's got to be this week's DBC Xfinity X5 more than fast moment. Congrats to Ryan Blaney. Yeah, what else is more than fast? Xfinity X5. It delivers the speed your devices need plus reliability to keep your crew connected and protected. On the track, more than fast means you've got the speed, strategy, grit. Who doesn't love grits? I like mine with cheese and teamwork to win. With Xfinity X5, you can do more of what you love with faster internet and a powerful, secure connection. So give them a follow at Xfinity Racing on Twitter. For more Xfinity X5 more than fast moments, you can even vote for your favorite each week. Thanks to Xfinity, premier partner of NASCAR. Time for Fastlane, our weekly segment where we expose the intelligence levels of our panel of spotters by having them compete in a speed trivia contest. TJ, you are up first. Can't wait. Get out of the <laughs> First question. Who finished directly behind Joey Logano in Sunday's race? Oh, man. Who was it? Nope. I can't remember. Pick a driver. Christopher right. Bell. Which organization scored their first stage points of the season on Sunday? I know this one. Childers. Trackhouse. What oh, brand was damn, Brett's first car? Ford. What is brand? the <laughs> What is the oh, national oh, animal nice. of Scotland? Nope. How many pounds are in a th- are in three tons? Thousand. Oh, fifteen. Oh, no, I was gonna say three thousand. Did I get yeah, right? So you got uh, none. none right. Yeah. Bubba finished behind Joey. Yes, Duh, that's race. right. <laughs> uh, Brett, Shoot, Trackhouse did score us. the first stage points. Brett's first car was a Mazda. 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 We call it the Mazda, Jason. Oh, Mazda. The baby blue. National Damn, Animal I Scotland I knew that. is a unicorn, and there are 6,000 pounds and three tons. That's all right. I won't get any of mine right. I knew half of yours. Brett, you ready? Good. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> Which driver scored their first top five finish of the season on Sunday? Wow. That'd be awesome if I paid attention to anybody who finished other than first and second. Um, boom, not Denny Hamlin. It's supposed to be fast, remember? Yeah. Fast no. Just say nope. That's my go-to now. Oh, how many lead changes occurred in Sunday's race? Seven. What brand was Freddie's first car? Uh, Kia. Name <laughs> one of the two national languages of Finland. Oh, yeah. Finnish. 
Oh, How many oh. sides and angles a does guess. a nonagon have? None. <laughs> All right, Bowman uh, finished in the first top five of the season. Who? Bowman. Dylan. Dang. Bowman. I, didn't I said shoulders. You should have got played off that. I didn't even hear you. I was focused. It was Bowman. Yeah, it was Alex Bowman. First oh, Bowman. Top five. My bad. I was, <laughs> 11 lead changes. Freddie's first car was a Buick. And a nonagon has nine sides. Well, how does a young person drive a Buick? I don't even remember what it was. A Their commercials like, are now for like a people, Sunfire so. or something. Buicks are for old people. Mine was an Oldsmobile Broham or whatever you call it. I had about, my dad was a used car salesman, so I had about 400 cars when I was growing up. I had to put the thick oil in it because it had some rockers in there. All right, Freddie, this is the longest show ever. Ready? First question. How many laps did Bubba Wallace complete on Sunday? 324. Could that be any easier? Who has I mean, scored he a, one lap down? We all know that this is a race. Who has scored a top five in all but one race this season? Denny Hamlin. Jesus. What brand was TJ's These first might be car? too easy. Chevy. <laughs> Just told you. I figured Dale what gave it to continent? him. Do you give Jason reach arounds before or after the show? <laughs> yeah. Don't even ask his next one. This is bad. Oh, wow. What continent is the Nile River on? Maybe what? Egypt. I'll, let me f-ing help you. Egypt. Go ahead to the next <laughs> no. one. E- Egypt's no. not a continent, dumbass. <laughs> no. Sorry. I'm trying to help you not f-ing get ahead, them all go. right. It don't matter. I already won. So what was it? Matter. It's uh, Africa. How many Grammys did Elvis win? 23. Did you pay, Jason? I'm no. sorry. I'm just not to him like the other two guys. This is the worst. TJ's first car was an Oldsmobile. Yeah, I just told you that, too. Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans in Reaction Theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. What an idiot. Time for one of the best segments of the week, What an Idiot. What an idiot. I can't wait. Who's going first? Wow. There's so many choices. I have to say, Jeb Burton, you can't say all the texts you sent. You better say it. I, we've already called Jeb out, so I've got to give you a new one. And I hate to do this to these people because I truly oh, love no. them. I love people in TV, and I love people at Fox. I've got so many friends that work there. I was going to be okay with this at the Daytona 500, but after that, to consistently see these cartoon characters that looked absolutely hideous on the broadcast portraying themselves to be drivers, I can't buy into it. What an idiot. Take those things off. Y'all don't have to look at them. They're bad. I, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Is that about. what you texted me about? You said, the, I didn't know. You're like, these graphics are horrible. And I'm yeah. like, I can't see the f- 
graphics, Brad. I'm, wa- I'm watching the <laughs> <Yeah>. race. <laughs> There's not on TV here. <laughs> we should just make our text public knowledge for everybody to see. No, we should not. <laughs> That's a terrible idea. That might be the worst idea you ever what had. What an idiot. TJ, my, who's what, you? my one idiot is Brett for that comment. Just made. <laughs> Man, I got to go. It's uh, I didn't know if anybody else saw the Jeb Burton thing. He was up there, but I got, I mean, yeah. I got to split it between Jeb and, and Josh this week. I mean, Josh got more air than, than any car I've ever seen. And I know it really hurts your race if you go down pit road, but you finish the race. Yeah, you don't and need to destroy a race car. Yeah, I know the the Woods need another race car, but I, I wouldn't want to be adding to it. So, and Jeb, Atlanta is a cheese grater, right? I mean, yeah, so it, you don't want to – Shred your tires on the pace laps, man. There's, there's three places for the future, one of which you're probably not going to race at. Rockingham, Darlington, and Atlanta. You never swerve, ever. Yeah, you don't. I mean, maybe just clean the tires up a little bit, come into the green right when you're getting ready to go, but not like whoo, down the back stretch one lap. It's so funny because I was talking to Chris Rice about it, and he was like, well, I haven't watched the race yet. And then you bring it up. We have me and TJ and you talk about it. So, yeah. yeah come on, Jeb. Get it together. Um, Freddie, in addition to Brett, who is another idiot of the week? I was going to say Josh. Uh, I don't know. I'll tell you who's an idiot. Whoever schedules 500-mile races is an idiot. <clears throat> let's get rid of those. That's just let's th- There should be three races 500 miles or longer on the schedule. I already told you which ones they are. The rest of them should be Listen, 50 laps. After Bristol, we might be wanting to go back to a 500-mile Atlanta. <laughs> we, might, <laughs> we might be begging for that. I don't know. Who knows? Exciting week, though. Looking forward to getting to Bristol and and trying this. This has obviously been on the horizon for a few years now with the cup cars, and now it's going to happen. At least uh, Brett doesn't. You're not going to be there, right, Brett? I am not going to be at Bristol. Uh, my next no, race is bad. Talladega. Can't wait. Time for DVC picks. Freddie, of course, won with Kevin Harvick. Bull crap. My guy didn't even have his crew chief. I can't believe I picked him. I, I'm a, I gotta do it's better. okay. I picked the winner, then backed out of it and picked the guy that wrecked. <laughs> Could be worse. And Kurt was running good, too. Yeah. This should be a good one with I, Bristol Dirt. I can't believe TJ, it. Man. who it's, you got? So, I, I mean, well, damn, I've already picked the Dirt guy. Speaking of Kurt, shout out to Patrick Merrill. Glad he's okay. There was a little bit of an incident there on pit road with yeah, Kurt. Yeah, no kidding. That's scary. Um... Shoot. I'm going to go with Austin Dillon. That's not a bad That's a pick. solid pick. He's got a late model win there this last week. It does. It's my turn. Man, I really want to say Chase Briscoe because I've obviously got a lot of uh, friends on the 14 team, and, and Chase has got to at some point turn it on. I mean, you, you're you're a rookie. Um, you're coming off of, what, a nine-win season, uh, an Xfinity Series season to remember, and – it just hasn't been relevant yet in these cup races, and we keep talking about Stuart Haas cars have to be faster to do that. But, man, I, I, I really – when the season started, I was like, Chase Briscoe is going to be my pick. But I can't do that. I'm going to have to uh, roll the dice here. I'm way down. i got to go with the magic man, Kyle Larson. Mike McLaughlin? Oh. I am going to take a guy that I don't even think is on the list. Yeah, there's probably you can reason people are on You can there. afford to screw around. Stuart Friesen. Wait a minute. If he's not on the list, we shouldn't be able to pick him. What? All right, this just like this is one race a year where there's gonna be different people in it. Why but not? I mean, but I didn't know to update the list. I know, of but those I'm people. just saying he's not a regular. It's guy. fine, TJ. We let you make two picks last week. We'll let for TJ. Yeah, we'll you're let, lucky. We'll let Freddie <laughs> save a pick. I'd be in P two right now. I'm not. I'm not gonna save a pick. I'm gonna beat you guys. Yeah, <laughs> just freezing. 
listen, this is going to turn. I'm not picking a good guy because I think this is going to turn into a demolition derby, and it might just be who's ever left running. But hey, I got I got a little buffer. I could I could uh, I could afford to give one up maybe. Awesome. All right, thank you to OfferPad. Thank you to Mike Joy for jumping on with us. We like to bring guests on that are relevant. Mike couldn't have been more relevant. And, again, he, he deserved to share his side of the story. We don't necessarily still 100% agree with him. Um, but, nonetheless, uh, it was good to have Mike on. There's, great there's more of that that needs to happen. Where they're, they're, Like I said on, when he was on here, there's no such thing as a wrong opinion. TJ, if he has the opinion that the sky is red, you know what I mean? Like, that's that, his that, opinion. That's like, actually wrong. You're a hack. I'm just saying, if he says, you know, my opinion, that's – that helmet over there is orange more than it is yellow. Like, okay, that's your opinion. I think it's yellow. You know, whatever. But you can have a discussion and have differing points without having to. You're a, you're a, you know, you're you piece, you know, whatever. Like, people just need to realize that. And I see it a lot all the time. Obviously, with a lot of stuff I do with Bubba. But you know, it's just you can have differing opinions. There's no there's no such thing as a right or wrong opinion. Dirt race in Bristol this week. Can't wait to see it. We'll be back on uh, Monday. Hopefully. Hopefully. Hopefully we're still not there. (laughs) We out. Holla. See ya. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mode.